Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast is brought to you in part by the Lifetime Movie Club, the ultimate streaming destination for Lifetime movie lovers. Choose from 100 movies at any time with new movies rotated in weekly to keep things fresh. And you can watch anywhere on your favorite device. As a bonus, listeners of this podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls to start your free month now. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S. Welcome to Season 3 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. Little circles. Feel those arms. Those are muscles. You're going to need them to swim laps. Pretend like you're polishing crow. Harvey? My arms don't want to go that way. So, hey guys, welcome to Mother May I Sleep with Podcast, episode three. If you've noticed there's a significant change in audio quality or any change in audio quality at all, it's because we're doing this differently today. Sammy got very sick last minute. Stay with us, Sammy. Please, uh, you know, continue going to urgent care or whatever it is until you are 100% better. But Ronnie and I, Ronnie Karam, everybody, uh, applause at home for, for Ronnie Karam, one of your favorite guests. He and I decided to just go ahead and record this today. So with Ronnie's help, um, we are getting this to you. Um, and that's why it might sound a little different. And also the reality is we're not in the same room. So that might be a little bit different too. But isn't it kind of amazing? Amazing. Admit it. Okay, I'll no, ask you again. Okay. I'll ask you again at the end. Oh no, it is amazing. And the other thing too is that it's we. Yes, we do live in the same town. People should be like. People are like, what? My my friend Logan was like, don't you guys live at like? Doesn't he live on the other side of town? I was like, yeah, but also like there. This is such a curve. This podcast is recorded so differently than the other ones I do that I can't imagine trying to set this up for in person last minute today. Yeah. Well, we live in the same town, but it's Los Angeles. It's a huge ass town. Okay. It's not just some little town. It's not like Matlock's town. We are like, Oh my God. My neighbor might have murdered somebody. It's like a huge town. Your neighbor probably did murder somebody and you don't even know your neighbor, you know? Right. And this is how Ron- uh, Ronnie records crappens. And as you know, I record please advise with Christina as a producer and, uh, emotion broken psychos. I usually do by myself, but I'm usually also the only guest. Uh, so this is just. We had to do it this way, and I think it's going to be great. I'm here for this, okay? I'm in my kitchen with some shit um, pasta salad from the Whole Foods. I mix all different kinds of pasta salad together, which, of course, tastes like total crap. And it's just sitting next to me waiting for later. It's like, you can do this. At the end, there's that like finish line of disgusting pasta salad waiting for me. 
yeah, we can take a we can take a small break in between though too if we have to pee or I need to. I'm sure I just poured myself a glass of wine. It's fucking hot today, boy. Uh, like it is so hot. I'm never ever ever hot ever. Um, and I just realized like, oh, it's fucking summer, dude. Like I'm, summer I'm is here. Hot. Like I'm hot in the winter, but I'm no, especially yeah. hot in this actual summer. Like go figure. And I read a Vespa, nice. so this was like the best blessing to me to not go over there. Because I was like, girl, you know, when you wear a motorcycle helmet for like an hour in this sun, oh my God. only my lower face gets tanned. And then the upper part of my forehead is just like those dots, like those old people dots. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we record it like just not just to do like a total like here's an L.A. traffic breakdown. But <laughs> Ronnie and I live like 20 minutes apart with zero traffic. But like at this time of day when we record the podcast, it's easily an hour to get to each other. So yeah. it's this an is hour in the day out. and 20 minutes at night. Totally. Ronnie, I'm really excited that this was the movie that we picked because... Well, there's a variety of reasons. At first, I just suggested it because it was a Lisa Rinna joint. And I actually hadn't watched it because I just was like, okay, this seems like a good one for Ronnie. Can't go wrong with Lisa Rinna. There's the Real Housewives connection. You know, it's also a movie from 2000, which is great because we tend to like do a lot of like mid 90s movies and then some more recent stuff. And we never really get this like nice sweet spot where Lifetime was very confused about what the millennium looked like. And (laughs) it's very unclear between the Laura Ashley style prints and like the unsureness around cell phones and everything else in this movie, what decade we're necessarily in. And that's what I like about it. We're in a new millennium in this movie and no one's acknowledging it. Well, no, I feel like we kind of still have it. It's like until the police like stop you for no reason and you're terrified for your life. Do you really understand this like post 9-11? You know what I mean? This is that time in life when you're still like, oh, my God, Pajminas. Why haven't we thought of this before? You're right. This is a pre 9-11 movie. That actually is very that's a good point. I never thought of that. Like back when you could still hang racks of bananas on a street pole. Okay, yeah, so, like, there's already, you and I already had, like, a little pre-conversation about this, which, there's a scene in a farmer's market, and I'm gonna call bullshit on it. Like, I think that this could be the Santa Monica farmer's market or something. Like, they could have made China look more realistic. I mean, you could tell that they were hiding up, like, New York Street, because who hangs bananas from the bottom to the top of, like, a stop sign pole? You know? Also, like, what season is this? Because I thought kind of like the whole like aspect of a farmer's market that's supposed to be interesting is it's like fresh local produce. And like one, I don't know anywhere in L.A. that's grown bananas or no, this is in Texas, by the way. So this is in like San. Is this in San Juan or San Jose? It's in San Jose. It's in Chiquita, so, Banana, Texas. It's in Chiquita, Banana, Texas. And then also they have like fall leaves. And then there's a woman picking up a very fresh bunch of celery that has like a like a wrapper on it from the supermarket. This really is all this farmer's market as a produce lover. I really was thrown. Uh, well, I was actually really impressed with this. The, just the prop person in general, because they're like, Lisa Rinna said flowers one time. Her mom likes flowers. So they have her walking through the farmer's market at one point with like these humongous, humongous bunches of flowers and then a huge bunch of parsley. I'm like, what the uh, yeah. fuck, Lisa Rinna? It's like, at least she's not eating a pizza and staying that thin. You know, it's like flowers and parsley. That's me, baby. Ah! And what, what you'll find out is that she's supposed to be like 
she is this character that Lisa Rinna plays is the exact opposite of the character that she becomes best friends with. Um, that actress's name is Gail O'Grady, I think. Yeah, Gail O'Grady, who I don't know if you know her, Ronnie. I particular I don't really have a history with her, but she has been in fine films such as Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. <laughs> She's having a baby. You may remember her from television shows like Revenge and uh, Why do you know that one? Yeah. Uh Desperate Housewives, Boston know Legal. That one. Yeah, that I know her from those shows. American Dreams. She's had some like she's had some bangers. NYPD Blue was like my mom loved that. Yeah, China her. Beach. So this is for like people. I'm older than you, you know. So like people my age are like, and I know every time I come on your show, I mentioned Matlock thirty times. But watching like, these Lifetime movies takes me back to my Meemaw's house, you know. So I saw her and I was yeah. like, which Matlock episode was she in? And now that I'm looking at it, no, but she was like a China Beach girl. Like you know, she still kind of texts with Dana Delaney. Right. Oh no, totally, totally. That's like that's her crew. I feel like that's who they all they have dinners together. Like it's that set of Hollywood where maybe a younger person comes in once in a while and they don't know who anyone is at the dinner, but they know that they're all famous people that they vaguely know from something and like whatever gay guy brought them over to the party and like the older women aren't necessarily there for this young person that's in the room who doesn't know who they are and then it'll haunt the younger person for the rest of their career, that one dinner they went to. (laughs) I know, like Dana Dana and Gail were such bitches to me at that dinner and then Gail's like, yeah, you know Dana, I've been around here forever. I started as a montgomery ward model and dana's like oh i've heard it do you want me to tell you fucking china beach stories jesus and then they both like make fun of gloop together like and then like that younger person throughout the rest of their career like someone vaguely mentions like deuce bigelow and they like roll their eyes they're like oh gail o'grady was so fucking mean to me at a party once like i i don't know why i I don't know if i'm just making this autobiographical i've never met her or but no it's totally true you know that those ladies are like that they're like well (laughs) i've done fifty thousand shows but yeah I was in a movie with Rosie O'Donnell once. Yeah. And by the way, I uh, was just thinking the other day, maybe you can speak to this, speaking of Rosie O'Donnell, of how wild it was when Rosie O'Donnell's younger daughter, like her daughter, Chelsea, like went fucking buck wild in the press and like ran away from home and started seeing some guy and then Rosie outed her as bipolar in the press and then her daughter's like big slam on Rosie was like my mom just gets high and does art in her art house and like listens to Chris (laughs) Brown and Madonna all day like that was like her slam against her mom and I'm sitting there being like you ungrateful little cunt like your mother has absolutely earned the right to get stoned in her art house that's like best just basically the back house yeah, I, you're like, lucky your mother has a back house you know the rest of us had to deal with our mothers in our living rooms okay like if yes. my mom ever wanted to try art it was in front of me while she's yelling at me about something you know exactly Stop complaining god bless to have a whole house just do decoupage and get stoned in like that is exactly <laughs> what i want to be doing rosie o'donnell needs to work speaking of like she needs to not be in her house she is so depressed anyway just do not stay in your house okay that's my psa to rosie o'donnell get the fuck out of your house okay you're never gonna feel better but leave your house does she talk about her depression a lot publicly yeah she used to on the view because she did her own show another old person thing she had her own show rosie which was like the pre-ellen which was like 
you know, the positives. And she was the queen of nice on some magazine. Oh, it was the great, it was the greatest show. And remember, like, she used to pretend she was, well, maybe she really is, but like, she was like horned up for Tom Cruise. (laughs) Yeah. That was like her big fake before she came out thing where she's like, I'm like, I'm for Tom Cruise. Yeah. Piano guy, John McDee and the DL, McDLTs was like, yes, girl. Absolutely. We both have like the same chance. So she went from that to doing like just becoming crazy like she quit because she was like fuck this fuck you because of course it turns out she's like a huge monster backstage and then she went on the view for a while and yeah she was like okay here's how i deal with depression and then she just like hang upside down from one of those like stretchy rope things that they use in exercise class you know okay like to get blood to her brain or whatever i don't know why are we talking about she should get like an infrared sauna i will say no this is some nice background on gail o'grady's one-time co-star rosie o'donnell so we can just obviously we can say that she's pulling from (laughs) her friend rosie in a lot of these scenes actually it was dana delaney in a movie with rosie o'donnell i got (laughs) so we're like we're like 12 steps over oh okay everyone at home is like trying to try anyone under 25 listening to this just shut this off now um now lisa Lisa Rinna, obviously, we know from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I had to say, I fully, I had no idea who Lisa Rinna was until Real I mean, I knew who she was in terms of like, oh, yeah, it's that woman with the big lips who's on the red carpet sometimes. But I was unaware that Lisa Rinna actually was an actress of any type. Oh, yes. Because I didn't know about the days of our lives of it all. I just knew her as this almost like a cat lady type character that just like popped up out of nowhere and all of a sudden was everywhere. But she's famously from Days of Our Lives for people at home. Yes, I actually know her from being a kid. My uh, grandma, my city, used to live down the street from my junior high and their PE was right before lunch. And you know, my ass ain't going to PE. I was the same at like 12 as I am now. And so I would ditch it and go to city's house while she played cards with her sisters and i would watch days of our lives like every day i could and billy came on she played billy reed and she had yeah. those huge lips but i was like she is an amazing actor because when anybody can cry i think they're amazing like i'm still that way now even if they're the worst actor in the world if they can cry on cue i'm like oh my god I'm yeah touched. And so yeah, I knew her no. from that. And then she quit Days of Her Lives because she was like, I'm too famous for this. And probably thought she was going to like be the next Dana Delaney or whatever. Right. <laughs> and then they replaced her with the biggest idiot. And so I was furious with Lisa Rinna from the time, I, from the time she quit Days when I was a teenager until she came back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, interesting. Were you aware that there's a movie called Night Sins that was um, a primetime special episode of Days of Our Lives? It was like an it was a movie version of Days of Our Lives that they did in like um, God. I'm looking at the thing right now. 1993. That's wild to think that they would take a daytime television show and turn it into a one time flash in the pan. I'm trying to figure out what this is because I'm looking at from 1997. A female FBI investigator takes over jurisdiction in Deer Lake. And it's not D-E-R, Deer Lake. It's D-E-A-R Lake. (laughs) What movie is that? It's called Night Sins. Is that that the right thing? It's a 1997. No, the one I'm looking at is 1993. And it has... uh, more sense because I was like, what? Nice. John Aniston? Any relation to Jen? Yeah, he's her dad. He played Stefano Demira. Uh, the Phoenix oh is always rising. Um, Dude, time he died is like 30,000 times on Days of Time is crazy. Oh my like, God. 
it's so weird that none of this stuff is relevant, but also there are so many things in my life that are completely irrelevant and like everything we're experiencing now in 10 years, it's going to be fucking irrelevant. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> but I want to say that Lisa and I will say for like someone who's as famous as she is, has really spotty credits over the years. Like she's really not done that much for someone who like, you'll go into some bit actor from some other show, like literally click on anyone who's ever been on entourage with the exception of Lisa Rinna. And they have 20, like busy Phillips has more credits than this. And it's like, so it's so many. Well, Lisa Rinna. And I, and I feel this because of days of our lives and my anger towards that. I was like, you fucking lazy. It's like, you probably worked your balls off to get that. And then, you know, you get the job and it's like, it's something you dreamed of, but then it gets boring because it's just a job and you have to wake up every day. Right. And then you're like, fuck that, I'm quitting. But then she went to Melrose Place. She was on Melrose Place, which, I mean, right. my life is a huge thing. She wasn't on there forever, you know, but, and then she had Nick and Nick, uh, or when Harry met Lisa or whatever that one was. Yeah, I will show. say that when it seems like in the year 2000, right around the time this movie came out, her credits on IMDb for playing herself go off the fucking rails. Like <laughs> she has over 90 credits for playing herself and they're all like, I mean, she seemed to be a, on a, almost regular on Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood. Yes, there was one point in Beverly Hills when she was talking to Ryan Seacrest, and he goes, "God, Lisa Rinna," you know, with his huge mouth that like could, could swallow a cow hole if it's like yeah. un- unhinged all the time. He's like, "Whoa, Lisa Rinna." I feel like I've known you forever. And she goes, ha, ha, it's because you have. <laughs> and it's true because she's like been around forever just as Lisa Rinna. And she'll walk into any, if, if she's in a huge movie or just a Ralph's, you know, she walks in like, hello. Hi. Yeah. Hi, how are you? You know, it's like, she's like, it's me. <laughs> okay. Here's another weird thing. She was on one episode of Maury in 1993. Yeah. What was it about? Does it say? It that? doesn't say, but it has someone called Ron Eli in it who was in Tarzan. I wonder if he's a Days of Our Life person. Maybe it was like a. No, he's not. I mean, it must have been some sort of like Hollywood episode of Maury, but I didn't know that he ever did that. I will say though that when you really look at Lisa Rinna's IMDb and you realize that she has thirty-four acting credits and over ninety credits of, as herself, that's a very interesting ratio. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Lisa Rinna is going to sell more dusters on QVC as Lisa Rinna than she is from Laurel, the wuss, from this movie. Oh, my God. And so one more thing, too. I just want to point out that that there's a um, that the mother in this movie is played by Sally Kirkland, Roxy. And I'm a big Roxy fan. I think she has one of the most interesting, like, self-discovery scenes in this movie that I've ever seen. (laughs) It just like lingers. It's such a great scene. And you guys have to go. Watch this. I, You're I'm not- ridiculous. I wrote like a paragraph on that scene too. I was like, oh my God. And then she does a full hand scrunch of her hair. She's it's like, a- <laughs> it's, it's, it's unreal. And I should say that like, just you guys, um, this, this actress, Sally Kirkland is in a movie that's in post-production right now called cuck. <laughs> Okay, like killing it, killing it, Roxy. Um, I love this movie. I thought it was, I think this is a really special movie that, you know, I always say it's kind of, uh, 
it's kind of pathetic how excited I get every week for whatever movie we're doing. But um, this this week is just really I'm so glad that you are the person here for this and um, that we're doing this. I want to read all the plot keywords off of IMDb before we get into it. Okay. Um, but um, we have and by the way, this movie is not at all what you would think it is at all. Like, it's called Another Woman's Husband. The poster is two women in a body of water with a very sinister-looking man being uh, re- being reflected in the water. And, like, right away when you hear this movie's title, you think, oh, this is about some woman shaking up a marriage. Like, this is about some evil, like, woman who has her eyes set on this guy. You don't think that this movie is going to be what it is about at all. Like, yeah, any because way. you, any lifetime movie lover, which we all are listening to yeah. this, you see this poster and you're like, Oh my God, Lisa Rinna is going to go crazy and kill Gail O'Grady. Yeah. You know, to steal her husband. And then you see the husband and he's got like that wet nineties hair. That's like, Hey, look, put this on your hair and it'll be hard, but it'll always look wet. Like that terrible, like white rain hairspray. Ugh. His voice, this actor's voice, is the most lifetimey actor voice I have ever heard in my life. And the amount of ADR in this movie as well is fucking incredible. Like, I don't think they got one line on camera. It seems like every single line is dubbed. It's absolutely, it's unreal. So, uh, movie lovers, uh, let me read you the plot keywords from this. Uh, swimming instructor, aquaphobia. But is that really what it's called? Is it really called aquaphobia? Because that seems like it's like too... It's so obvious it seems made up. Aquaphobia. Girl, this is... I mean, that that was a time when we didn't have as many made-up diseases. So right, I feel right. like, yeah, I feel like that's that, that uh, keyword was made up recently. Swimming pool, love triangle, double life, dysfunctional marriage, adultery, and mother-daughter relationship. So it's all here, basically. I like that they went from aquaphobia to like the general mother and daughter relationship. So like, wait, we're getting too specific. I know it's amazing. So I'm I'm just so excited about this. Um, and let's just let's get into it. Um, so we open up on an elderly people swimming class. It's a swimming class for the geriatric. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are, they're basically pushing like those floaty weight type things underwater. If you've ever gone to a community center, you've seen them, you know them. Tiny uh, circles, tiny circles. Pretend you're polishing chrome. Now, That's here's my tells. question. <laughs> yeah, I know. So like, my question, because I was watching this again today, is like chrome harder to polish than silver? Because like that doesn't seem like the. It's that like pretend you're pol- polishing silver seems like something you say. Polishing chrome, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say in my life. No, because polishing silver, you would just be like rubbing your fingers together. So I guess uh, chrome, you need like. I don't know, like steal from Mr. Miyagi, you know, wax on, wax off, maybe. You got to buff like crazy. <laughs> but polishing chrome, I love that that's just an old person thing. It's like, you get it, old people, right? Polish chrome. that chrome, baby. <laughs> so yes. 
Parvi, an older man, and the one to watch, I will say, um, if not just because of sneak up on you. Um, he he says to her, he wants to take a break. He wants to, he t- says to the swimming instructor, he wants to take a break. He wants to see her do one of those Esther William moves. Um, she's like, we got 15 more minutes, which honestly, 15 minutes more of this seems like a lot to ask of anyone. Especially, I would be tired after five minutes. Yes, especially Stella, my favorite redhead old lady, who like every time, I guess by the end, we figure out we're supposed to be rooting for Stella. But at this point, I'm like, drown Stella. Because it's a Lifetime movie, and so right. I want to see people dying, okay? I don't watch this for like love and good feelings. I want somebody to die. So Stella is always wearing a new shower cap or like some kind of a headpiece with with like flowers on it. It's a bathing cap. Yeah, but there's like, even when she's not in the pool, she's wearing like a oh. headband with like Hobby Lobby flowers on it or something. So she's like the wacky redhead. And so every time they show the pool scene, it's the old guy perving out on people and Esther like, oh, my arms don't want to go that way. Yeah, exactly. Stella's <laughs> exhausted, which by the way, I'm going to say they should be. These people are fucking 90 years old. And like <laughs> the exercise that they have them doing, I wouldn't put a 17 year old through, frankly. Uh, <laughs> You're literally <laughs> just standing there. <laughs> I know. And by, but by the way, I will say, listen, they are not just standing there. Okay, I am a state swimmer. I, did I did I win champion state championships? No, but I attended. And as a, as a distance swimmer, I will say to you that that can be very hard to push those weights underwater for that long. They're not weights; they're floaties. Okay, it's hard to push a floaty underwater for that long. My arms don't want to go that way. Stella. I know. Stella's so cute. And by the way, she is you. Like, you sent me a gif yesterday. You're like, me. And I'm like, hey, I know. Like, me too. Like, that is uh, Stella is us, I would say. I'm very. Stella I'm, is me, where it's like, oh my God, I made it to the end and I didn't die. Applaud me. You know, like, I'm waiting for everybody to just, like, give me a standing ovation, which, just like to Stella, they do. It's like Ronnie made it around an entire block with the dog. Right. Congratulations. Like, people doing the wave. I would love to take Stella out for drinks. Like, she seems like she would be really, like, you get her a little liquored up, and she just starts talking shit about everyone. You know she's got the tea. And I have a feeling that these people live in some sort of retirement community together, because they all seem very, very close. But then more than that, I'm also going to say that most of these old people definitely came from central casting, which was used during the making of this film. Oh, and I God. think that this oh, yeah. is definitely like a come camera ready, bring your own wardrobe. The wardrobe is bring a swimsuit. Like all of these swimsuits on these older women are fucking fantastic. Like the, they're, they're just great. Like for older lady swimsuits, there's a lot of belted one piece numbers, uh, lots of bold patterns. This is where the movie also really kind of confuses itself about what decade it is. Yes. And you can tell because, you know, of course, Stella is, she's not just born yesterday. Charlotte Ray, that's the lady from Facts of Life. You know that, right? That's I know, Mrs. Garrett. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah. Tootie Blair. Uh, that's yeah. Charlotte Ray. So she's like a star, and she's like, I'm this bitch complaining in a swimming pool. I will bring my own headpieces, okay? And they're like, right. all right, Charlotte Ray. And then poor Pervy Harvey, or whatever his name is. It's, it's like, Harvey. you guys can't even spring for a back wax. I mean, no, Jesus I know. Christ, the man looks like a floor rug. Do you, help well, out I will her, say to Harvey. you, like... 
I, I keep calling him Me Too Harvey because, like, <laughs> first of all, like, not that there needs to be a dis- distinguishing, uh, note, like, thing, but, like, it's like, what are the odds that the biggest perv in this movie is literally named Harvey? It's so weird. It weirds me out. He's a pervy old man. Yes, and uh, he gets away with way too much in this movie. He is definitely somebody who would have been killed right away in the modern remake of this film, you know? I mean, he's the old guard. You know what I mean? Like, this is really, like, it shows. I mean, this is pre me too era pre 9-11 you know harvey's feeling up all the ladies in the pool and no one's saying anything they're just laughing it off because that's all they have that's all that's what you had to do yeah that's what you have to do some that's the williams moves honey which is basically like i don't know do some jemison jameson moves you slut i know uh so i then she executes what i have to say is a fucking perfect butterfly stroke like there's nothing harder than the butterfly it's so difficult i was did blown she do away the butterfly i thought she just did the breaststroke i was like man esther williams made no effort because she's like oh doggy paddle breaststroke oh arm over arm and no that's that dolphin arm. kick that is fucking hard that dolphin kick is hard to do it's not easy man it's real i still i can't i mean i probably i definitely can't now but after four years of swimming in high school i still couldn't do it um so um they she says that there's no um she says that there's no esther williams tomorrow she's not going to be doing the the routine tomorrow because they're getting ready for the big competition uh the senior day competition um then we find out that an older woman uh stella she's misplaced her inhaler in the pool um fucking stella like get it together stella she's always misplacing things that's stella's big thing in this in this movie it's like oh gosh where's my hearing aid it's like, geez, well, guys. She's 90 could, years old. I know, but can we give a better re- recurring storyline to like an old person? They're like, all right, there's an old person that just makes sure she gives dirty looks, wears some headbands, and is losing things a lot. See, to me, this is what you get when you like dump your parents in a nursing home. And I felt like that was more of a commentary on like how old people basically take it out on everyone when their family's not paying attention to them. Um, Because like here she is at the pool (laughs) fucking harassing someone for no reason about her hearing aid. It's like, you know what, Stella? Maybe if your son took you out to dinner once in a while, you'd know exactly where your hearing aid is, you know? <laughs> Poor Stella. So, um, Gail O'Grady's like, well, that was sure fun doing those Esther Williams moves, but Johnny, my husband, is back in town tonight. And this, this uh, movie is very good with exposition. It's like, okay, guys, well, this was a great time in the swimming pool. But my husband, Johnny, who is out of town a lot, is back in town tonight. And so like, all the old people are like, wow, Johnny's in town. They're like, wowza. I know. And by the way, like for a guy that apparently never has come to the pool, they are v- overly familiar with Johnny. Like they talk about him like he's fucking like a like a Desi Arnaz. Like they're like he's they're all horned up over Johnny. And meanwhile, Harvey's like, we're supposed to get that Susan's like a real looker. And trust me, she's very pretty. But like they do the class. Classic, you know, um, she has glasses on, so yes. she's kind of like dowdy, and she's definitely wearing like an unflattering one piece. Um, so we cut to Rinna. Lisa Renna, whose character's name is Laurel, our first friend in the pool. Her name is Susan. Uh, Renna's Laurel, and she's running a lecture in some sort of room of professionals. And she's talking about, she's saying, like, what's the underlying dynamic? Um, it's very, like, a, it's a very... Um, 
it's it's a here nor there speech. Like it's very unclear what she's saying. She's throwing around a lot of buzzwords. Yeah. Um, but then she's a guy like, fear of abandonment. Let go. You know, sometimes the people who need people the most send people screaming in the other direction. Personal power. That's the real trick. I'm like, oh, shut up, Laurel. I already hate you. What is this? The Citibank conference room? What are you even doing in here? What's your job? I need more clarity. That's honestly the truth is that those are all those are all sentences that make sense somewhere, just not together. Like I literally blacked out every time I tried to watch it. I was like, I really don't understand what's going on here. So let's play the audio from 321 to 510. And I will say that I did pick a lo- mostly Rena clips throughout this because she just does a great performance in this. It's a it's a great performance from Rena. I have to say probably one of the best I've ever seen. So 321 Two five ten. Good job, Laurel. Thanks. Great presentation, Laurel. Very clear. Thank you. I have a question. Yes. Will you have dinner with me? Jake, what are you doing here? Is that a yes? I thought you were going to be in Atlanta this week. That's what your email said. I rearranged my schedule so I could come through San Jose a little sooner and give you some support. So, can we have dinner? You can walk me to my car. Okay. How long are you in town? Just until tomorrow. Just to see you triumph with your colleagues. Feels odd seeing you again. Odd, bad, or just odd? Three months of emailing, all very charming, I have to admit. But this is only the second time we've seen each other. And calls. We've talked on the phone. Hit or miss. You never left a number where I could call you back. Only because I was on the road. Yeah. I tell you what. If you say yes to dinner, I promise I will not spill coffee on you like I did the first time that I saw you at Starbucks. I still can't believe I did that. My dry cleaner loves you. I think you helped finance his oldest child's trumpet lessons for a year. That's the least I can do. So what do you say? Okay. Dinner. Seven? Excuse me. Oh, before I forget... Dr. Laura MacArthur. Address? Tess, hang on one second. What about your number? Tonight. Okay. So what the fuck did he do to her that whatever stain he caused on her clothing is putting her her dry cleaner's son through college no kidding one coffee stain what the fuck is wrong with your dry cleaner he's like i Honestly, need to do this again tomorrow miss rena please bring it in again i i was just like is this a bill clinton moment like what happened with the clothing that it's all it sounds like multiple garments were ruined and i don't know maybe it was different in the early 2000s but I feel like dry cleaners always cost around seven dollars. Uh, I'm just yeah, unclear. it was different in 2000. Okay, that's before the terrorists won. It was like ten cents. Okay, like yeah, everything else, so the whole year of college was like ten cents to put his kid through. Um, but, but this whole like- scene is so heavy-handed. <laughs> You're right that they're walking by a pool, which is hilarious because Rena doesn't even look scared. You know, no, no, and like this movie beats you over the fucking head <laughs> with everything. Like at no point is there a metaphor that's subtle. There's no like exposition. It's just kind of like thrown away. Like it is, 
The fact that he won't give her his phone number is so weird. Like, that would be red flag number one. Talking about it, just Lisa Renna's character is a psychologist for everyone who's unclear at home. It is so fucking weird that this woman doesn't understand. It's so cr- it's creepy that this man won't give her his phone number. I wouldn't go out with a guy. The whole thing. First of all, he's in that white rain, white rain hairspray. His hair is always wet. It's disgusting to look at. He doesn't have a jacket that fits him. He's always wearing like some jacket that's 20 sizes too big, which is kind of 80s. It's a Steve Harvey suit. It's like it's so <laughs> it, it's not not one not one outfit in this scene exists in the time period that it lived in. And Lisa Rinna's rock a very i mean maybe this is early 2000s she's rocking a very specific color combo here of a chocolate brown and a lavender which you never see anymore maybe it's a lilac well she keeps her pinks and purples you know she's very like i'm a girl he's inexperienced i have pinks and purples but when i work i have something darker baby um, yeah, so this whole thing was cracking me up because she's in a suit. She gives a meeting in a conference room as a shrink, which I guess it was like a team building. I don't know. And then this guy comes up to her and he goes, oh, great presentation, Laurel. Very clear. <laughs> yeah, which is, is like, it couldn't be less clear. And additionally, like, she's so shocked to see him because... I, I don't know why she's shocked to see him because this room could not have had more than 50 people in it. And if one of them is a guy that I, I guess permanently ruined a stack of your clothing a week and a half ago, you'd probably recognize him, right? <laughs> for it's a like, year. That coffee such- that just keeps restaining you for an entire year. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you'd remember. Is, has it been has it been a year? How long did they say it was in between seeing each other? Oh, maybe she said because you could put my my dry cleaner son through college for a whole year. I think that's uh, where I'm getting that. Yeah, I think it's it had so been strange. a few months because she's like, "Oh, hello, I remember you, Jake, guy with the wet hair. It was wet when we met, like how many ever months ago." And then Jake's like, "Oh, I'm alive, I'm alive. My name's not really Jake. It's another plain white guy name that also starts with the Jake. Oh, don't take my phone number or whatever." And she's, "Oh, yes, here it is, Mal." She goes, "It's odd to see you after three months of emailing." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, like, you know, I, I didn't have a cell phone in 2000, but my high school boyfriend did. It was a Nokia he kept strapped to his belt. So like <laughs> cell phones were around then. Like it was, it would be weird for a man who's a freelance technology consultant or whatever this guy is to not have a cell phone. Yeah. Like, he actually whole- uses one in this movie. Yeah, and he's like, still, meanwhile, won't give you my phone number. Rena has a cell phone. She's a young professional. Anyway, we cut back to Susan, who is showing up to what we think is, I guess, a friend's house with a lemon meringue that is completely raw dog. And, like, I also will say this was one of the most, like, 90s things about this movie, too. Just driving around with a pie in your car that's completely uncovered. <laughs> also, this is such a Susan thing, okay? This character, Susan. She's like, look, yeah. I'm homely because I have glasses on, which is so offensive, which you've already mentioned. But also, this is a time before the restaurant ratings where you get ABC or whatever for, like, having a disgusting kitchen right. and inspectors and stuff. Because this bitch is walking down the hallway licking her fingers. 
Oh my God. Can we talk about how she couldn't touch the pie without then licking her thumb? And it's like, Susan, maybe toss a saran wrap on that. No kidding, Susan. You're like licking, you're walking down the hall, licking your fingers the entire time. Are you, do you have eating issues that you're just trying to avoid? And so you happen to accidentally get your fingers touching the pie. I mean, I don't know what it is, but A, cover it and B, stop fucking touching it. It's disgusting. You get a C. Okay. I'm the restaurant inspector. No one's coming to your restaurant anymore. I'm telling y'all. But that's like the best part of a Lifetime movie is that like they could never have her just walking down the hall with a cake box. Like they have to beat it in over your fucking head that she is bringing a lemon meringue pie. Like if anyone at home has any questions about what's in the box, don't worry about it because there is no box. We're just having her go down the hall with a pie. It's so strange. Did she make this pie and bring it out like this? Did she buy the pie? And then no, she was she like, made it. it's in a it's in a glass dish. She made the pie, but she also had paper like the doily under the pie which means she's used to making cakes and pies so she's like look I'm sad I have a sweater I make cakes and pies because I have my own doilies but I refuse to cover them so I can just you know get my germs all over everything so this uh you know chesty vivacious blonde comes to the door uh, and her name is Roxy and Susan's like Roxy I thought we had plans tonight and she's like well we did but something else came up um and this is where we kind of start to wonder hmm maybe this older woman named Roxy that Susan has plans with might be her mom sure enough <laughs> it's her big slutty mom um uh, and she has a guy some guy named Al that's sitting inside she's chain smoking in the house Al looks like what we find out he is a used car salesman. Yeah, Al looks like, like they, a total Al. They literally went to the Halloween store and got a bagged costume of used car salesmen. Like that yeah. is exactly what he looks like. So, like we so, need the guy. We need to dress a guy that looks like an Al. Do you have an Al costume? And they're like, sure. How about a, a knockoff silk shirt with some squares painted on it? And they're like, they're like late nineties, early two thousands. Al, sure, we've got Al. Uh, so Al like looks at at Susan. She's like sitting on like an ottoman or something. He's like, let me guess, like Toyota. Wagon, uh, and, <laughs> and she's like, "What?" And he's like, "You seem like a low rent station wagon." <laughs> uh, I can spot a low rent station wagon a mile away. I'm like, "Did Harvey write this entire movie?" I'm like, every I, guy in this movie is a fucking pig. Okay, like fucking roasted. By the way, like that actually has has sat with me. Like of things I would really like to be called. This is like up there with Three Hole Wonder on like things that. Would <laughs> I can't tell if Three Hole Wonder or Low End Station Wagon is a harder slam. Like, they're such hard slams. But then Uh, the comeback, this is such a Susan comeback, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Because Susan's like, um, for Taurus, actually. It's like, wow, way better, Susan. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, slam. Uh, And then Roxy's like, ah, what did he call y'all? He'll get it right the next time on trial. He called me a low sporty model. Something pink with real leather buckets. But you know, I wish I was like that. But life just isn't fair as an owl. I was like, oh my god, Roxy. Take a Meanwhile, seat, Roxy. Like, this, is one, this is probably one of the best things I've ever seen. So Roxy is like downloading Al on basically like, I didn't tell you like I had a kid, but um, so she's downloading him on all of this and Susan's in the kitchen like just kind of shuffling around trying to get stuff done. So she says, like, oh, she's become very, you know, rocks. Uh, Susan became very self sufficient, you know, very young, and then she screams to her, like, why don't you start uh frying up the frying up the pork chops? 
so Susan's alone in the kitchen frying up these pork chops. And then all of a sudden we hear Al go, what are you doing? And then Roxy with like the most muffled sound says, I'm having fun. And I have to wonder, like, is are we supposed to take away from this that like Susan's in the kitchen frying up pork chops and her mom's blowing a used car salesman <laughs> named Al? Like, it sounded like she had a dick in her mouth. Like, yeah, it well. was so muffled what do you think was going on there like some neck kisses or was this a blowjob joke i don't know because you know this actress has actually been around she's not gonna i just because you know this guy who's playing al would totally take the blowjob even if it was just pretend so i feel like she was probably like giving him a lot i mean i don't know you've disturbed me now because i didn't think about it that much i'm still mad at her because they're trying to make me hate the slutty old person and i'm like i am a slutty old person don't try and make me hate roxy and I mean, I think we're supposed to kind of take column A, column B with Roxy. Like, yes, it's upsetting that she's slutty, but also who wouldn't love a Roxy in their life? Like this curvaceous blonde with like, you know, she seems fun. She seems like a fun time. She's one of those girls that no matter where you invite her to, she's always wearing like an upscale dress from Dress Barn. It's like she's always dressed like she's going to go work at, I don't know, a real estate office, but... She's like really poor. It's like some rayon. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like a rayon it's office like, dress. It's a little bit of like, I wish I had Vanna White's budget, but I don't. So I'm going with like the closest thing you can get to that. That's still reasonable for me to own. Yeah. She can't wear an evening gown every day, but she can wear a uh, kind of like a dress barn appropriate for work, like dowdy evening get dressed with a little bit of like a sheen to it. Yeah, a lot of, she a just lot of like sheen. does that thing where she like sluts up her hair. She's like, my hair has always just been tousled, you know, oh, yeah. oh. a slutty mother. Um, she has freshly fucked hair to a point that it's like a little bit disturbing. Like, it is. get it together, sweetie. She looks like uh, she smells like wine and she's like, oh, well, but she's making the pork chops, the pork chops. I had her at 16 and I cut my childhood short, but I didn't abort her. So yay me. Hey, you done with those pork chops accident? I'm like, Jesus, could you make a worse Roxy people? It's re- it's it's actually like it's pretty triggering for me because my mom is not like that, but she had me very young, and like this is not completely dis. I mean, we're not like this at all. Uh, but it's not it's not so wildly dissimilar from our dynamic that I wasn't a little bit triggered. Like I was a little bit like, do I need to lay down a line and say like, you know, mom, we'll talk when when you've worked through some stuff or like Uh, we're just breaking up Roxy. And I love that she actually I was thinking that when I was watching this because we've talked about mommy issues and stuff. And I was like, I will not. I was like, did Miles pick this because of mommy stuff? Because I will (laughs) not be I will not be baited into going off about my mother. And I still won't. And I have to say this. My mother's nothing like this. And also, I'm nothing like fucking Susan. A, I have Saran Wrap. And B, exactly. um, Susan, Susan's revenge on everybody in this movie is doing things for them. She's like, I'm mad at you. I'm cleaning your kitchen. God damn it. Dude, Susan is such a fucking wet rag. Like, I literally <laughs> feel so bad for her. Like, she's not even a wet blanket. She's a wet rag. Like, her sole purpose in life is to just fucking clean up messes. So, um, Rena, we cut to like, oh my God, one of my favorite things in movies that doesn't, it never 
never exists in real life, which is when people are dancing outdoors to like a live band. And then when the song is over, there's a light applause. Like I've never been to a like an evening affair like this where there's a jazz band or something and people actually clap in between the songs. If anything, a live band in a restaurant is typically more of an annoyance. And it's a black tie dance, which is hilarious. Everyone's like, oh, we're in a tuxedo. It's like, what the fuck kind of date are you on? This is not real, okay? Right. And then, like, there's the best part is, like, the dance floor has some, like, a lot of representation. And then also, um, this one woman in, like, an eggplant purple, biz- like, business suit, which is, like, the most irresponsible purchase I've ever seen. I'm sure that thing costs $600 and it's like the most purple thing I've ever seen. And then Rena's wearing uh, like a coral pashmina over a black eve- like it looks like it looks like a like a like a nighty, yeah. Like it a looks like 90. a black nightgown. Yeah. It's yeah. like really it's really it none of these things are of the time. It's really shocking to me. Like I feel like they filmed this in ninety six and then had it like somewhere in storage over at Lifetime and then we're like, Oh, we never aired this. Oh, okay. You know, we should true. put this out. It does um, seem like it was will, on the shelf. I do have to just bring it back because we did talk about the importance of the Pashmina in this time frame. Look how yeah. the guys have to wear Texas, but Rena wears a Pashmina and everyone's like, Oh my god, that's totally formal. I mean, whoever made the Pashmina is just fucking brilliant. You can wear I- it with jeans. You can wear it to this fancy, you know, black tie event. Yes. And it's weird to think that this is also the time of like Carrie Bradshaw exists like in this world, you know, like at this time in America, there's women stomping up in Manolo Blahniks talking about blowjobs on HBO. And meanwhile, we're over here with this, these people dancing in, in business casual. It's so weird. It's so weird to think that these two worlds exist at the it's same funny time. That you say that because I was uh, riding around today running errands and I was stopped next to a bus and it had the divorce thing plastering the bus which is her new uh just sarah yeah. jessica barker's new show on h or newish show on hbo and i was like god shit never changes i mean yeah. i remember being in new york city and being next to a bus plastered with her fucking blowjob show the sex in the city show and yeah. i'm like man shit never fucking changes except my stretch marks like why am i the only person that changes how does this bitch still get on a bus you know what oh, i mean I and i'm still like next to the bus I watched her on Watch What Happens with Andy Cohen, and it seems like she's almost... SJP seems like almost elderly and the way that she has to be steered through conversations like it's very sweet it's also like you've been famous for way too long honey like you need to go dig a ditch or something She's an or like-, like whenever I hear her in an interview or on that show she comes across as such a pretentious asshole to me it's like well it- as an actor the way I'm like shut up you're like square pegs in Sex and the City get the fuck over yourself now granted Love both those shows and all your work. Love you. Love you when you're not your real self. But please stop being so pretentious in interviews. Yeah, and, and I will say that I did get a little bit of a chill the way that I do with Bethany and Carol, where I'm just like, I would hate to hear what SJP and Andy Cohen have to say about me behind my back. Like, I would probably die. Like, it just they just seem like mean girls together. Like, they, like, really... They really keep each other going. So they're mean girls, but they're like mean comic book girls like they're not the cool girls anyway you know what i mean only in their mind so who cares we're probably making fun of them so let's play um 846 to 1127 it's funny how water looks in different parts of the world 
Three weeks ago, I was working for the Indian government, reprogramming four million lines of computer code. It's late at night. I'm exhausted. I walk outside, and the Arabian Sea are just stretched out. It's all silvery, purple, glistening. And I don't usually talk this way. <laughs> I like it. As a kid, I just wanted a job that would make a difference, you know? I do know. That's exactly how I feel about being a psychologist. It's absorbing and frustrating. And every once in a while, someone will do something so remarkable that takes such courage. Who do you talk to? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I spend all day trying to get people to open up talk about what they say or how they feel so the work part the part that most people share I have to just close off so that must be tough on relationships I wouldn't know I haven't had one in three years no. how about you I've always been married it ended I mean it's 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 been over a year Sorry. I must too. Look, I'm not very good at this, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get it right, but I was wondering. I have this trip. I have to take some time in the next month. I, I want it through a company I contract with. Anyway, it's to the Bahamas. Is amazing. Clear blue, 200 feet down. Do you like to swim? You could relax or go snorkeling. I mean, you'd have your own room, of course. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm suddenly not feeling very well. I mean, I just, this is, it's a lot. Like, there's this, first of all, starting out with, uh, you know, isn't it funny how water looks different everywhere in the world? Like, it's, it's, and then he starts out three weeks ago, and he starts out onto this, like, <laughs> like, little rant about being in India, which, like, God knows where we go with this movie. Is that even fucking true that he was there? But, I just first love of all, about, I love thinking about this guy doing DOS in India and, like, going, he's like, I'm taking a break from DOS. I'm going to go look at that water. It's so, it's so bizarre, the whole thing. And, like, the, the strangest part of all of this to me is that, like, she, I got. I guess it makes it. I guess it made me self-aware of like how often you're on a date and you're like trying to make it work, and the person that you're on a date with is just like you like them, right? So you're trying to like excuse the dumb things they say, and it's so. After he goes on this like kind of like poetic try-hard rant that he probably practiced in his hotel room beforehand, like you, you know, she just goes, "No, I like it." 
Like the way that you just do on a date when you're trying to make it work. No, I like it. Yeah, because he's that guy. He's that guy who's like, have you ever had a Big Mac in London? It's so different. Have you ever had a Big Mac in France? Whoa, it's so different. It's like, okay, congratulations on your traveling job, ass. Honestly, I was like humiliated watching it, like as a person (laughs) who loves to travel. Like, I just am like, I'm like, I can never talk about traveling anywhere ever again. Like, in I London, just, we don't call it the train. We call it the tube. I was so self-aware for the first time. I think this brought a new level of <laughs> self-awareness to my life. Just listening to this guy speak. I'm like, first of all, don't go on dates anymore. You do this exact same Rena shit where you're just listening to some asshole pander, like, patter on about something he thinks is interesting to you. Meanwhile, it's like a rehearsed speech that he tells everyone. Secondly, like, just is there anything more embarrassing than like going on a long-winded like thing recounting an experience in a foreign country <laughs> that absolutely no one around you understands like Whoa, lisa but you have like, like a real but you have like a real story this is like what it's like have you ever noticed that lake water is different than ocean water which is different than pool water it's like why don't you talk about water more okay and notice that rena the and are sitting by the pool again and rena's like rena's still not terrified by water <laughs> no, she's bringing no, no, up no, no, water. No. She still ain't scared of water. <laughs> no, in fact, like when she gets up and says, "Like I'm not feeling well," like she looks like she's about to, like she has morning sickness. Like she really looks like she's about to spew. And the other thing too is like when he invites her to the Bahamas, like. I okay, I'm sad, so I would have jumped on that in three seconds. I would have been like, Yeah, sure. Like I would have absolutely said yes to that, no question. I've gone on vacations with people I've known for fifteen seconds, let alone this guy <laughs> who she has a long history of emailing back and forth with. But by the way, it does seem like Rena later on has been waiting to go on vacation her whole fucking life. Like the woman cannot suge- stop suggesting vacation. I know. It's like she got locked in a pajmina when she was a little girl and never got out. This <laughs> guy, all he's talking with his water and water. So he's like, water's different, water's different here. And then he goes, I just want a job to make a difference. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right. Went from like programming by the sea to making a difference. Like a way to DOS help the children, you ask. And she's like, that's how I feel about being a psychologist, baby. Like, I know. It's frustrating, but it's also absorbing. And then people are remarkable and it takes courage. I'm like, could you be more specific? Like, what kind of therapist are you? I know. It's so strange. And like, this is the, they had a little like, um, this is, oh no, they, they have a little, they have a little, uh, thing later on that it's, it's like very, there's some light, like patient, uh, client patient, like, uh, privileged, like humor that happens on later on. It's like, that's the closest we get to anything that actually has to do with her job. Well, when uh, she hesitated, you know, I trust in Rinna. So I, I'm like, well, that had to be an acting choice, you know, that that weird, like, about to throw up thing. And then I thought about it. I mean, listen to what he's saying. He's like, hey, I have a trip to take. I want it from this job I was kind of at. Whatever. It's to the Bahamas. No, I don't want to go on your free one trip to the Bahamas. Like, that never works out. Like, when is when is a free trip that you win, like, on some telemarketing call ever really a good idea? Especially when it's like to the Bahamas, because you can go. I've I've never been to the Bahamas, and I'm already being called the classist in the comments. By the way, that's the big note for season three is that I'm a classist, which you know might be true. And I will say that like <laughs> the big surprise for me is like I realized like halfway through this when I do that 
this like international, like I've traveled a lot sort of thing. Whenever I find myself in an embarrassing moment, not water, I say looks different in every country. I'm always like, it's so weird how ham looks so different in every country. <laughs> I, I literally can't get past the fucking ham. So like call me a classist, but I'm, I'm stuck on the ham. <laughs> I'm more of a teeth reader. Yeah, absolutely. I'm By like, the way, whoa, teeth in Boston sure are different than teeth in Texas. Oh, I love I love teeth in general, and I love teeth acting, which we do get a lot of this in, in this movie too. Well, this guy, this is a good point to uh, a good time to point it out. This guy is very dinner theater acting, where he's like, oh, Hush. like he does some breathing acting in this, where he's like, <sighs> and then you'll notice throughout the film. He does pinpoint turn acting where, yes. he, like in dance class when you're a kid, they're like, look at the back wall first and then turn really fast. He does that. <laughs> he'll be like, <gasps> turn and turn my body. And then he'll walk away really fast. And I would like to call that a gay thing, but I would like to think that gays have more like finesse about it. You know well, I, mean? I will say he might have learned some of these moves when he was in the movie Elvis and Me portraying Elvis. Uh, and so maybe that's where some of those moves came in. I am he's embarrassed. From Chance Maryland, this guy, Chance Maryland. He's done, I mean, he's. it seems like he's still working. He's like in some uh, movies that have been announced, some, something in post production. He was on the TV show Castle. That's a movie or a TV show. Uh, Pet Cemetery. I don't know if people love this guy out there, but I will say that I've never seen a more lifetime email actor. Like if you told me that this man lived in a glass like case in the lifetime movie headquarters and that they just break him out when they need like a guy, I would not be surprised. He seems like the most lifetimey actor of all time. Yeah, he is very like <gasps> turn lifetime. And that's this is when I started because we're, you know, like a quarter, I guess, into the movie. And I was thinking, okay. Who's going to be the murderer? Because at this point, you start seeing that crazy side of someone in a Lifetime movie where they're like, I didn't like what you said about pools, knives. And then, you know, you see them start to go crazy. And I'm like, no one's going crazy. This guy's a total pig. Like, he's a disgusting human being. But, right. Like, he's not being crazy, you know? And I like, he's wearing, like, really nice lip gloss or whatever i'm confused because i'm not sure who's who the killer is right well yeah exactly i wasn't really sure what this movie was about before i watched it and so i really assumed that this was i thought something much more sinister was going to happen here and for some reason i always just even looking at the poster rena has such like a villain look about her like it doesn't really look like she can play like an every girl character just because she has this like you know, she has this like kind of like smoldering look to her where you're just like, oh, she's going to like fuck the shit out of you and then eat your soul. So yeah. to see her try and like, you know, be this like nice girl, you're kind of wondering like, oh, when is she going to turn and like stab his wife? Like, you don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, because she does so, that baby face thing where when she's confused, like her acting confusing is to open her lips slightly and then put her tongue against the top row of teeth. She's like, yes. Uh. And she I does that even on Housewives. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. this is when is the moment where you're like, were people doing coke in your bathroom? Like all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, I'm like I'm right. expecting that Rena to pop out. So um, he is, Jake escorts her home. Uh, he tells her he had a great time and he's sorry for inviting her to the Bahamas. Weird. Um, he gives her his number and in, in Atlanta and he says that he, um, you know, she's like, I'll think about the trip. 
So once she gets inside, she has a smile on her face. She's like off looking out into the distance, daydreaming the way that no one has ever daydreamed in their own home. And she has a horrific flashback to being a child and the ocean crashing. So suddenly you realize, oh, all this water stuff is not for nothing. Um, There's a pool involved. There's all this odd water talk happening. Oh, okay. Rin has been tortured by the water her whole life. Uh, like, but we did don't the really water, know. Did the water hurt your throat? Because she's grabbing her throat while she wa- while she's daydreaming. She grabs her throat. I'm like, what does that mean? Did you get uh, bronchitis from the water? <laughs> like, like, what? What does your throat have to do with this? Yes, and because it's also like we see some like the. The shot is this way where it's like there's some tumbling water and then a girl who's like standing up, a young girl who's standing up in a one piece suit is pulled away from the water that's at her ankles by an adult. So you're like, why is you're like, she did, she's not drowning. Like there's nothing happening to her in this scene. And it's very unclear what happened to her. But all we know is that there's some sort of like childhood trauma involving water. Yes. I like to think that she just saw a dolphin with one of those soda rings stuck around its mouth and it couldn't open its mouth. I was like, yeah. that is traumatic. So then yeah. she runs to the phone and she picks it up and she's like, bloop, bloop, bloop. I'd like the number of the community center, please, baby. This is me, Lauren MacArthur, psychologist. <laughs> I'd like to inquire about Swimming lessons. I know, and I want to bump on the fact that four nine four one one like automatically connected her to the community center. She asked for the number. Okay, you used to have to pay thirty five cents to be connected from four one one. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Oh, I used to. Oh, I used to treat myself to the automatic connection for 411 as a child and then just be afraid the entire month that my mom was going to find out an extra 35 cents was on the bill. Oh, I like, got I in just- so much trouble. I was like, what's the number to Blockbuster? Oh, (laughs) three times a day. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So um, then we cut to Susan. She's reading a magazine by the pool while Al and Roxy are eating pie with another couple. It's the same night. So is there a scene that doesn't take place by a pool? It's like we get it. Uh, No, 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 no. And if you forget about the pool for one second, don't worry. There'll be a flashback to the ocean. So um, Susan notices there's a kid underwater. It's like it seems like the game that these two kids are playing is like one steps on the other one and keeps him underwater for like a little period of time. And Susan very dramatically like whips off her clothing to reveal a one piece swimsuit, dives into the pool, gets the kid. And like the older couple that's like sitting there that with Al and Roxy are like, Jesus Christ, we were we were watching our own grandkids. Like, meanwhile, they absolutely were not. And like children die in pools every single day. So there have probably been like 10 lifetime movies about somebody's kid dying exactly that way. Yeah, at least the Casey Anthony movie. Um, so yeah, um, this is the weirdest part too, is that Susan's like basically like she like collects her shit and leaves after this. Like this has caused some sort of big rift in the community that Roxy lives in. And then she goes, <laughs> Where's the- it is crazy. She's trying to save children. Get her out of here. Get this, get this young tight ass out of here. She's got a real stick up her ass trying to save kids out of the pool. God damn it, Susan. Fry up the pork chops. Fucking Mind Susan. Pork chops weren't even good, Susan. God, I miss Al. So then so, Gail gets mad at the mom because the mom's like, you didn't even try with my friends. You didn't even try. And Gail's like, I am taking my rental movie back. And 
this pie, which still nobody has eaten. <laughs> it's so weird because Susan, apropos of fucking nothing, goes, where's the movie I rented? And her mom's like, I haven't watched it yet. By the way, no follow-up on what happens to this movie, if there's late fees involved. Like, we never find out what happened with this movie. It's like a non- it, it's a non-starter. It pays off in no way. It's completely unclear it's what, so good. what the because boundary that's like issue Susan, is. That's Susan's revenge like her mother hates her and she's like i will not hang out with you and watch this movie i got from blockbuster and then her mom's like we're not done with that plate yet messy and she's like oh yes you are and she takes her lemon meringue which i have to say susan's whole thing is like i'm gonna angrily please you you know right no one ever eats this pie like there was maybe one slice of pie finger (laughs) as she walks off screen like it's the greatest thing i'm like it's not a scene with the pie unless susan's licking her thumb and susan man okay so then we're at Susan's house, and guess what she's doing? She's wrapping angrily up wrapping up the pie finally. So you do have saran wrap. It's it's a such an odd choice. So um, she, I, I wrote, it's so fucking weird. She's just been carrying that around with those saran wrap. I can't get over it in my notes. It really is a distraction. Well, so as Scotty, someone who maybe bakes now, I'm th- now I'm trying to be on Susan's side because she's still in glasses. So I'm like, oh my god, yeah. I feel for yeah. her. She wears glasses, you know, because it's lifetime. And yeah, I wear I'm glasses. like, maybe it's because I know, but in lifetime, you're like, oh, they wear glasses. No, I mean, I feel the same way. I'm like, you're vulnerable. Trust me, I get that yeah. vulnerable. You take those glasses off. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, and then everyone's way, like, "What a slut!" You know, this is not the only area in her life that Susan doesn't have twenty twenty vision. Okay, she doesn't know <laughs> what's going on. Okay, she's all excited to see Johnny. Johnny, her husband, he gets home and guess the guess the fuck what? Johnny is also jake or whatever this dun, guy dun, is dun, dun, dun. i love that okay. they tried to hide his face at first but he still has white rain hair and is breathe acting and doing hair point turns i'm like we and see that it's johnny or jake Harvey or whatever suit. yeah we know we know a johnny when we see him but just real quick um what i was gonna say is that i think that she didn't put saran wrap on because meringue is very delicate Yes, she didn't yes, want to yes, hurt yes. the top. Okay, there you go, everybody. Calm down. Because there's no, all these I mean, meringue whizzes out there who are like, ha, those idiots. Don't well, they know okay. you don't put saran wrap on top of a meringue? Look, it occurred to me, okay, and I remember there was definitely the, the trick of, like, putting toothpicks around the pie so that the frosting wouldn't get disturbed or whatever. Remember everyone used to put toothpicks on the top of their cake before they'd wrap it because cake... Tupperware didn't exist back then. And of course, life is not going to send you in with a cake Tupperware. They want to beat you over the head with the lovely meringue top. Tupperware but, didn't exist back then. I love how we th- we're we like, nothing ever changes. Time is crazy. And then we're like, they didn't even have Tupperware. <laughs> well, not for a cake. They, I don't think they were being so thoughtful back then. Now you can buy a tray for fucking cupcakes, uh, which I never thought would exist in my lifetime. Remember when you'd go to like school, like it would be someone's birthday and they'd come in with like a, a flat that a bunch of Coke cans came in and like there'd be like 24 cupcakes in it. It was very barbaric how we grew up. I know. Now um, they have like a special little trays just for cake pops. 
Yeah, and you know what? It's over the line. It is too much. When you think about like how out of control someone's life is when they own a separate Tupperware container just for cake pops, like you've been the system has fucked you. Okay. You're no longer fucking with the system. The system's fucked you. They're like jokes on you. You make so many cake pops this year. You're not gonna make them ten years from now. No one will care about a cake pop then. But right now you're gonna spend twenty seven dollars on this and it's gonna take up a bunch of room in your cabinets. I mean it's I just have an actual cake pop maker like a machine and i used it and i was like america has gone too far that's it yeah i have a little donut i have a little donut like uh it's like a george foreman grill but you make donuts in it it's a little donut mold and i'm like my life is out of control why do i have this like i (laughs) my life is unmanageable like what it's like it's the things you say in rehab where you're like you know what I lost control of things. I have to admit, I'm no longer in the driver's seat. This thing has a control over me. It's like so sad. Um, so uh, he comes in and um, he is not wearing his wedding ring. And he says someone stole it. And it's like a long kind of like overwrought. Like, oh, someone stole it. I was in a washroom and uh, I guess someone turned, turned, hair point turned. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Calm down, Johnny. Calm down over there. Buddy. I also feel like there was a lot more energy around losing a wedding ring back then than there is now. Like, I feel like I know this sounds like terrible, like, but I feel like guys lose their engagement or their wedding rings all the time now. And they're just like, it's just like not even a thought like, oh, he lost his ring. We're replacing it. Or like, you know, like, oh, my husband doesn't wear a ring because he lost it. I feel like that's something I hear all the time now. But it was it was this like weighted thing like, oh, you lost your wedding ring. Well, where was it? I don't know. People can't always wear a ring. So what you could lose your finger in the gym if you're wearing a ring now. (laughs) You see what happened to Jimmy Fallon? We can't all be wearing rings all the time. He almost (laughs) lost a finger. I love uh, He's like, oh my god, who would steal a wedding ring? Well, there is some pie with fingerprints on it in the fridge. I'm like, let go of the pie, Susan. Okay? I know. Let go I of know. the fucking pie, Susan. Because you want to know what his response is to that? We should separate. Uh, like, <laughs> literally. That we, is we literally his that. response. <laughs> She's been like whipping up meringue all day after a long, I don't know, two hours of teaching elderly people swimming. Like the amount of actual work Susan does is very unclear. And I think the only telltale sign is how much time she has to make meringue, which from my understanding is a very difficult thing to make. Yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, okay, here's what she did today. She made meringue. She talked to her slut mom like 20 times, then took the meringue home. Has a week passed? Has any time passed at all? I'm not really sure. I'm no, following it's the not meringue. Clear. No, the only thing we have to inform us of like time not passing is the fact that like they eat these pork chops and then they're out at the pool with the with the previous meringue. Because if you ask me if that pie didn't exist to tell the story of time, <laughs> I would assume that those were those two nights were a week apart. The meringue so, of time. So he's like, we need to separate out of nowhere. And she spills juice. And he's like, honey. Yeah. Be good. Listen to me. Look at you spilling juice, spilling juice in the kitchen. They just go round and round in like this way that at this point I'm I'm see after like three lines out of each of them I'm like Susan you're gonna need to let him go like if this doesn't get better this gets worse okay like maybe you separate and he has a change of heart which he does at some point but 
Um, but for lifetime movies, I mean, the fact that the man is coming in and being like, we need to separate. That's yeah. actually a big deal. He hasn't even boned Rinna yet. I mean, on the lifetime scale of decent men, this guy's... So I'm like, wait a minute. So then she must kill him, right? At this point, right. I'm like, she's going to kill him with meringue. That's why exactly. they introduce this meringue. She's going to shove it down his face until he drowns or something. Or maybe, you know, he's going to... Maybe he'll kill her <laughs> to go be with Rena. I don't know. Maybe, yes. Uh, but she, this is where I start to feel like he's dangerous because she's like, oh, let me like empty your suitcase or whatever. And he like flips the fuck out on her. And she's like, I'm just doing my job. Oh, so it gross. Me, it made me so sad because I have been in that relationship where I thought part of my job was like doing things for a person that they have to do themselves. Like my suitcase will sit on the floor for a week after a vacation. But if, oh, if I have a boyfriend, that thing's getting emptied and laundered right away. It made me sad for Susan. I was like, I could be a real Susan myself, to be well, honest. I'm really sad for Susan too. And I'm really mad at Susan because I'm really hating her like service in anger because that's what she does every time she gets mad. She's like, I'm mad. I'm going to unpack your suitcase for you. I'm like, no, you slash his tires or you slash him in the face or you poke out his eyes you cut off his dick while he's asleep you don't unpack his dockers Susan. right and then jake is so furious he goes stop stop sorting my stuff and he rips a tie out of her hands and she's like give that back it has gravy on it which i love her ability to recognize gravy like on a spot like that that's she was on csi once and again, what time of year is this? Because there's gravy in the mix, which I look at as like more of a I look at that as you can you can have gravy from like maybe November. Maybe there's an October October gravy, but you're not even gra- eating gravy past May. Well, if it's I feel only like Rinna, Rinna's not going to last on a second date or third date, whatever this is, with somebody eating gravy. Like I feel like Rinna would look at gravy and be like, "That is disgusting. You're a monster. I'm breaking up." And then there would be no more movie. So now I'm like, is Susan seeing things on his tie? What's going on with Susan? Right, and and this is another you know this is another question because this man is a spiller. Okay, he spills coffee on Rena. Which, by the way, why doesn't he pick up her dry cleaning tab? Now this tie has gravy all over it. It's destroyed. It sounds like this guy is keeping this entire town's dry cleaning afloat. It's it's really trumpet true lessons. Fun. Everybody in town has their trumpet lessons paid for for a year. So, Gail- <laughs> so then Jake, out of nowhere, he, she's gonna like fix his gravy tie, and Jake goes, "So tell me." What do you have besides that swimming and that little class? I'm like, oh, now why are you being abusive that she teaches swimming class? And she's I know. like, well, it's really important. And not just to me. Would you see if you came and you saw me? Would you promise to come to see? I'm like, who gets mad that their husband doesn't go watch him teach old people how to swim? I know. And how, now I'm even more confused about how the old people know Johnny. Um, like, what's their relationship to Johnny? Um, and then he says something about, like, maybe all that swimming is with messing up your cycles which i was like that is a weird low blow like it's not like she's you know a gymnast that weighs 14 pounds and hasn't gotten her period in five years like this is a healthy young woman she's eating pie okay like she's getting her period if she wants it so for testing susan i know it's not me and she's like you're trying to force me to get tested i will not do it when he's talking about the swimming lessons he goes Susan, it's not who you are. Like, what is happening in this movie? So now and there's it's a, a weird fight moment about- too. We should point out that the second that they got married, um, he came home and started building a baby cradle, um, which is, you know, sure. 
Um, okay. Um, and when we find out the progress on the baby cradle, it's a real shock that they've been married for 10 years. Um, so she <laughs> also, that is a, that is a Michael's cradle. Okay. It's one of those raw wood cradles you buy and then you watercolor it yourself, but you can't oh, ever yeah. actually put, they're like for baby Jesus at Christmas. You don't put an actual baby. It's like, <laughs> The wood falls no. apart. It's all sharp edges, you know? No, I, I I looked at that and I said to put it. We haven't seen it yet. The audience hasn't seen it yet, but we have. And I'll tell you, if you put a baby on that thing, it would be covered in splinters <laughs> and have a bad back. That's how yeah. you give a child scoliosis. You'd get your so, baby taken away from you. Oh, 100%. So, like, uh, Child Protective Services comes in and sees that. Your kids are gone. So uh, he's leaving for Chicago the next day. She's like, I'll drive you. He's like, no, no, no. You'll be late for class. So he gets into the car. We assume he's driving to the airport, but he calls the Sheridan Hotel in downtown San Jose. He's not going to Chicago. He's staying in town. He says he'll be there in 10 minutes. Um, then we see that Rena is starting the beginner's class at the community center. We see Susan is off to the side, just kind of, I don't know, warming up or whatever. And then we see that Rin is in a class full of like, I don't know, stunted fucking adults. <laughs> I am shocked at how many adults in San Jose do not know how to swim. <laughs> this was so good. And then Rina is trying to freak out while she's getting into the water. And it's just coming down the steps. And she's like, ah, oh, I was like, do you take a shower? Because that's basically like how deep you are right now. What is this movie doing? And then the teacher's like, you can do it, Laurel. And then he starts waving his hands like an air traffic controller. He's like, come on now, Laurel. Come on over here. Exits to the side. Exits to the side. Like she knows where to go. It's re- it's really humiliating. Like the whole thing is just so humiliating. And by the way, she is in a full face of makeup that I was like, maybe she's just afraid her whole face will be covered in mascara. And like, what's going to happen to that beautifully blown hair? I mean, where was Rena going to clean herself up in the community center restaurant? I mean, those things, those wide dressing rooms, the change rooms are so disgusting. There's no way she was coming out of that looking normal. Girl, Rena so- has kept that hair for thirty years. She ain't get, she ain't keeping that beautiful hair by fucking it up and some san jose pool and some chlorine is what i'm saying is very yes. damaging to the hair so let's play there's just a small clip here i want to play that's 2404 to 2516 i saw what happened you okay no i'm not can i get you some water Stupid idea, my coming here. Whoever thought I could learn to swim in a couple of weeks so I could go in the ocean? <laughs> With a guy, okay? Stupid reason, huh? I've heard worse. <laughs> I could teach you. I don't think so. No, really. It's what I do. Well, the teacher's not the problem. Look, you're afraid. I know what that feels like. You really think you could? I know I could. Susan Miller. Laura MacArthur. Okay. Wow. 
Um, first of all, can we point out that Susan Miller is the name of one of the world's leading astrologists? <laughs> Are you familiar with Susan Miller? Yes. Um, so always odd to me whenever they choose. There was another movie where they did this, where they literally were naming. Oh, what was it? Uh, it wasn't Tory Burch, but someone had a name that was just like, this is a famous designer's name. Like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> it's so strange to me when they do that. But the best part of this is like how clumsy lifetime dialogue is. Cause she's like, I could teach you. And Lisa's like, no, I don't think so. She's like, I, that's what I do for a living. It's like one would fucking hope Susan. Like, what do you just wa- think you're walking up to some woman? That's like, she doesn't realize you're a swim instructor. It'd be oh so God. weird. So like, good about I'm an that. esthetician, but I could teach you how to swim (laughs) want to learn how to fly a plane i'm a swimming instructor um there's so much about this rin is in the pool and the teacher's like okay guys let's breathe underwater which makes no sense so then she pretends putting her she fakes like putting her head in the water (laughs) she just hovers her head above the water and he goes come on laurel damn it and then the old her because she starts freaking out and when rena freaks out in the pool she falls backwards for some reason (laughs) i know i love it and old perv harvey it's not even old people time it's like regular dumb adult time and old perv is still there catching her by the boobs like you okay honey you know esther williams do some of the moves i mean honestly whoever just drops harvey off at the swimming pool and just leaves him there is like it's like literally like a single parent like just like i don't know what to do with this kid they're home all summer he's gonna drop him off at the community pool i'll pick him up at dusk i'll give him a dollar for the ice cream man and that's it harvey's in that fucking pool all day and then i love that susan which by the way i don't know why this felt like such a violation to me but if someone gets out of a pool and runs into the dressing room don't follow them and Let also, the- if they, if you just seen somebody triggered in a pool, don't walk right up to them and go, do you want some water? <laughs> right, exactly. The last thing, honey, she's had water, okay? She's had enough of it. But what if Rena just had to take a shit or something? What if she was like, what if what if Rena just had to take a shit? That's it. Was Susan going to come knocking on the door? It yes, was so- fucking Susan. She'll probably be out there like cleaning the door, you know, just because that's how she loves and how she hates. That's so confusing. And she's like, I understand being afraid. what being afraid is. Have you ever made a meringue pie that was shunned by old people? I have. A snotty old person who had me at 16 and still resents me for... It's like, oh, geez. What, what's your pain, Gail? I mean, um, Susan. She's like, I but know like, what being afraid is. I'm like, what What are you afraid of, Susan? I know. And of, like, literally everything. Like, Susan, we go, she says a few things in this movie where I'm like, wow, what a wounded soul. Like, what a wounded soul. But with Rena, the greatest part is that she says, like, yeah, I'm learning how to swim for a guy, okay? And it's like, she wasn't twisting your arm. Like, if you're 40 and you don't know how to swim, like, now's the time to start. I don't think she was really going to judge why you were learning how to swim. Maybe you should just learn how to do it. You know, the world will flood at some point. I know. It's more shameful that she's learning how to swim for a guy than it is that she doesn't know how to swim. It's like so odd. It's so odd. So, um, Rena's at home. She's in her comfy pajamas and, uh, she gets a knock at her door. It's Jake. Um, he said he called her office. He found out she was sick. So he's bringing her some chicken noodle soup. Um, and she says, like, no, I'm not sick. I just had some stuff to take care of, which makes me realize that this woman is taking time off from her job as a psychologist to go swimming. 
Like it's so <laughs> if I literally depended on someone for my mental health and they just canceled on me and I found out that it was because they need to learn how to do like the doggy paddle, I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, lady, my life is in the balance. OK, I could kill myself at any moment. You're learning how to swim back and forth of the community pool like it's just very sad it's all very sad <laughs> and jeff doesn't even heat up the soup or anything like he's a terrible man and then she's like well wait a minute Je- uh whatever your name is johnny james jacob Jake. jake i have a rule of not letting anyone take care of me i'm like you just got taken care of by his wife five minutes ago on, yeah, it's so, it's so weird. And it's like, also, she, this woman is, they do say that a lot of these, like, a lot of shrinks are some of the most fucked up people out there. Like, in order to be drawn to the profession, there has to be something kind of like a screw loose or whatever. But this woman is just wearing her issues, like, right up front when she's like, I don't let anyone help me. It's like, well, that's like the number one thing you're supposed to tell your clients to do is to ask for help if they need it. And you can't even let a man microwave some soup for you. Well, in it's her so defense, weird. he literally does the grapevine over to her from the kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, why are you dancing from the kitchen? He's like, yeah. Da, 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 da. <sighs> Thank you. You made it clear today. <sighs> Something real clear today. And she's like, um, well, what is it? What's wrong? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. It's just something important that I want to handle on my own. And she goes, yeah, guess what? I have burdens that aren't for you either. And I was like, this is so romantic. <laughs> You're both like, I have deep, painful things I don't want to discuss with you. Me too. You want to make out? Okay. You know what a, a nice way to put this that wouldn't be so heavy handed like the way that a normal person is actually trying to keep someone interested and not alarm them about whatever messes it is you have in your life. It would be like, you know what? I care about you a lot. And I'm just like, I'm doing all the self work I can to make sure that I'm the best I can be for you. Like you don't just like come in and like, I mean, ultimately, we know what's up, dude, is that you found a new pussy and you're psyched for it. But like you literally just made it sound like you live in a world of bear traps. It sounds it's like very, very. <laughs> very it's i would i mean the fact that this character is more disturbed by this and has more like questions and like he leaves and she just like stares off with a dreamy smile like this one is not qualified to be a psychologist like no. by any means so um susan is out in the garage she like reveals the unfinished baby cradle from uh, underneath a sheet which god knows it's been there for 10 years and then she finds uh she finds a cigar box in the cradle, opens it up, and what's there? The ring. Who does that? Who hides uh, their wedding ring in a baby cradle in the garage? Like, what the in a fuck cigar is wrong box. with you? Why don't you just throw the ring in the water? You're always by the water. You've talked about water 20 goddamn times. Throw it into an ocean in India. Why, what are you keeping it for? It's like some simple-ass gold band. And, like, anyone who has a wife who has as much time as Susan should know, she's going to find that shit. Like, I don't know if you ever remember hiding something from your mom as a kid, but, like, I would be ripping open seams and jackets that were in the back of my... I remember hiding a pack of cigarettes in my room, and it was in, like, 12 different bags inside of a bag underneath a box. Like, this man literally has the balls. To hide in a, in a cigar box. The one thing in a cigar box is a single gold ring inside of a baby cradle. You only got two layers there. Susan's going to find that by the end of the day. She's probably out there dusting the baby crib every <laughs> yeah, other day. Especially if you keep angering her. She's like, I'm cleaning out that baby crib. That's it. Um, That's what she does. So, so Susan- another thing. Oh, wait, go oh. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, okay. I was just going to say Susan and Laurel are, uh, she's teaching her how to swim. Um, she's like, it's riding a horse or a bicycle. And don't worry, because that metaphor is going to come back about 15 more times. <laughs> and Rena's like, huh, I'm riding bike, riding a horse. I don't have fun. I'm a psychologist. <laughs> and she's like, a psychologist afraid of water. Now that's rich. Um, and it is, it is true. It's like, could you have a more basic fear that's like being like afraid of like, the boogeyman under your bed like being afraid of water is just it's such an unavoidable thing in life and like from a a layman sure but this is supposed to be like the protector of brains in our community so when you read uh the the bachelor like uh bios or whatever and they interview all the girls with the same questionnaire they're like what's your biggest fear in life and they're like spiders it's like 90 percent of them well who the yeah. fuck isn't afraid of a spider okay you dumb my dumb. biggest fear in life is like being raped in an alley like true true thoughts like or, or maybe being killed by like sharks or something where i'm being like ripped limb from limb and it's a long painful slow death like yeah a spider do i love them no are they my biggest fear no, it's like those girls that just like freak out when there's a bee in the room and all of a sudden they're like screaming and oh the bee's God. getting more angry. It's like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> it's basic fears 101. It's like you have no idea what the universe is really going to do to you. I know. The bee's like, I have one sting. I'm not wasting it on your basic ass. Okay. True life. <laughs> so she's like, um, you know, what do you, you know, what's this guy? And she's like, he's a guy. He's Jake Miller. That's the same name as last name as you. That's so weird. And Susan's like, ugh. We're everywhere. Um, and then we see um, a, a kid is like, he brushes up against Laurel in the pool and she freaks the fuck out. Like this, it might as well be a shark or something. Like she really acts like this is like a foreign object in the pool. She's really afraid. And Susan snaps at this kid where I, she's like, get out of here. And I'm like, is it adult swim? Like I didn't hear like an announcement that it was adult swim. Like what did he do wrong? He just bumped into someone in the pool. Like not ideal but certainly doesn't warrant that reaction. I mean, if she's like that afraid of being touched, they should put her in a separate lane. That's what needs to happen. Um, But (laughs) yeah, um, she, you know, Laurel says something like off the cuff, like, oh, I know someone that drowned once. Like, it's very, like, kind of a buried line. Like, yeah, you don't really think much does. about it. Which, which explains why I fell backwards into the pool again. <laughs> like, what is this whole, like, j- falling on her back when she gets afraid? It's so crazy. That's how you drown, Rina. Okay. And then Gail's like, chlorine stings, right? Other things that sting. People not eating my meringue. I'm just putting it out there. Just <laughs> putting it out there. She's like, breathe, I'm going to hear Rena. my mom give a blowjob while I fry pork chops. <laughs> Knowing I was never loved and that my mom is very proud of herself for keeping me alive. On a scale uh, of Al to Al, how much does that sting? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you know, a low-end station wagon amount. So... Now we see Susan and Jake walking around the farmer's market, um, a point of contention for me in many in many ways. Like, I just can't stop staring at all the produce and saying, how does this all belong in a farmer's market? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe for a lot of people, I understand seeing a random soy candle sort of set up or something <laughs> like that. But I am very weirded out to see fruits tropical local <laughs> just like random flowers like fr- you know it, it's you never see anything like that at a farmer's market like i will never I, forget bananas running up a pole i'm just never dude, gonna forget that 
the banana, the bunched bananas with dole stickers on them, like hanging from a pole. I'm like, this isn't a farmer's market. This is an outdoor grocery store. Like, it's so weird. Uh, so they're walking around like, being romantic. He's wearing a jacket that's like 10 sizes too big for him. And then yeah. he's like, so what are things that you like? And Rena's like, well, I love independent films, reading, Running in the park, my mom's mac and cheese. Oh my god, I sound like a singles ad. Loves pizza and small children. Which is it also awkward way, in twenty eighteen. Babe, like not incorrect. Like you really do sound like the tum- or the Twitter profile that I would just like not Twitter, uh, Tinder profile that I would just like breeze past. Like I'd be like, oh, this try hard, really? Like I'm gonna get stuck fucking hiking, running with you? I think not. Like I'll just die alone. Thanks. Sunsets on the beach, but not near the water. But I don't know why she's embarrassed because he's not much better off. He's invited her to a jazz show. He loves jazz, which, you know, I'm not one of those people that's going to hate on jazz. I don't I'm not particularly annoyed by it, but I do think it's a little sus when someone's like, I love jazz music. Like (laughs) how you never know what you're going to get with jazz. How do you know you like it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they get so specific about it later. It's hilarious. And he goes, oh, and before I forget. (gasps) I'm moving here. (laughs) Before you forget, that's a pretty major thing. Right. (laughs) He's like, my condo's for sale. And then he's like, does a breath and a pinpoint turn in the middle of the farmer's market. And then they kiss in front of the pole of bananas. And I'll never forget it. Yeah, it was genius. And then she's like, I will go to the Bahamas with you. Um, So Susan asked Laurel if she does any marriage counseling. It's not for her. It's for a friend, which uh, Laurel should have seen through that. Yeah. Laurel's a friend in the pleasure chest. He's like, it's for a friend. Nothing is ever for a friend. And like what? In fact, in life, when someone does ask me something on behalf of a friend, I'm like, maybe you should worry less about them and get your own shit together. Like whenever someone asks me about a friend, I'm like, what are you avoiding in your life? Yeah. Who does like, that? I'm like, um, can I ask you some advice for my friend Malls? I'll tell her some other time. Yeah. No, it's like so weird. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh, my marriage is fine. I just I have a friend whose life is falling apart. You know, um, it's so weird. So let's look at. At uh, 31 minutes to 33.56. It's a longer clip. Good. You do marriage counseling? Yes. Something wrong? No. Not me. <laughs> a friend. My marriage? Great. Johnny's great. I'm glad you're married to somebody nice. Johnny? Yeah. The best. Okay, let's work on our arms. Okay. Circles like this. So, what's great about him? In school, word got out that I didn't have a dad, so I was always getting teased. Johnny was the most popular boy in junior high, and when I was 12, we were in the same gym class. And after he saw me swim, he never let anybody tease me again could have had anybody and he chose me I'm not surprised let's um, work on putting our faces in the water like this that's it relax good good of course it's not all I want to do be married but it's kind of a cornerstone. So what else do you want to do? Truth? 
have a year left on my degree. Johnny graduated a year before I did. And the main thing I wanted to do was make a home for us. So I dropped out. Okay, this time, when you put your face in the water, just let your body go. Feel the water hold you up. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm thinking of going back, but I'm going to be 32 on my next birthday, so I don't know. So what? You're going to be 32 anyway. Susan, I might look like I come from a long line of PhDs, but I was the first one on either side of my family to finish college. Every summer I worked in the same factory as my dad just to pay my way through. But you did it. You got out. Yeah. You would have thought... Someday I want to write a book, a kid's dream book, I think, an adult voice telling them that there's a place for them in this bigger world and that they can do it, that their dreams count. So let's like talk about there's a few things here that are just uh, that are great. But what I'd like to know what you think it means to look like you come from a long line of PhDs. <laughs> Lisa Red like, hair, giant lips, gorgeous face. That's what I think every time I see like a model. I'm like, whoa, she comes from a long line of PhDs. I mean, like, isn't it? I mean, is she saying like I look upper class or I don't I don't really know what that means. I don't understand. I understand that it probably means nothing and it's just dialogue to move the thing forward. But it's you got to wonder, like, it's that kind of like non writing where you're like, what does that even fucking mean? Like, this is just <laughs> like a it's like a dumb transition. And um, also, why is everybody sad in movies from a factory worker? You know, there's like oh, a lot always. of happy factory workers. OK, what is every TV movie? writer she's like oh, i worked in the same factory as my dad just to save up for you know psychology banking or whatever it is the hell she's doing I'm like stop dissing factory workers okay they're very happy people too asshole um i know and, and let me um let me just say as well that Susan is very distracted with her own narrative to the point where like Lisa Rinna is making pretty big leaps and bounds here with her development and her comfortability with water. Like she's getting very comfortable. She even like at one point, I think lets one of her legs float and she brings her head back up and Susan's still talking about wanting to finish her degree. It's like, well, Susan, like, do you not... I mean, maybe the whole goal is to not make a big deal of the progress so she's not too conscious of it. But I would think that if this woman is majorly overcoming her fear, at one point she was just putting one of her eyes in the water. No, it, it, it went from Lisa Renna can't even wash her face. Okay, at the beginning of the scene, she couldn't even put the surf, like her face in the water. And it ends with her like doing the backstroke and nobody notices. <laughs> I know. It's so, it's so funny. And like this movie is just, this movie is great on so many levels like for all of this stuff where it's just like minor things are driven home and like actual things that move the plot forward are not really spoken about at all uh, like, she's like my dream is to write a book a children's dream book an adult telling children their dreams count I'm like like every children book ever 
<laughs> That's like literally what every children's book is. An adult saying your dreams count. Good one, Rena. Glad you got out of that factory. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad for her. And additionally, only so she can be in this pool with this woman who's doing Jenny Garth level teeth acting, I have to say. Like the teeth are all you can watch. It really is like watching going back and just watching Kelly Taylor try and cry her way through a scene. Like the teeth are so front and center. And I don't know if it's a blonde woman with a widow's peak sort of thing or what, but like she's really serving me some Kelly Taylor level. Really the teeth only acting. thing this this whole scene was missing is just Harvey grabbing someone's boob. I was like, what, is Harvey not at the pool for five minutes a day? Like, where is Harvey? What's happened to him? Right, exactly. Like, maybe that was the day that his, uh, his, his daughter, who's, you know, I don't know, probably on her third divorce, took him out for chicken fingers at the local diner or something really sad like that. So this uh, is where Gail really starts to scare me, and I'm thinking, okay, Gail's going to be the killer, or, you know, uh, Susan's going to be the killer. The actress's yeah, name is Gail. Sorry, that. everybody. So yeah. she's like, this is where I think she's crazy because Rena said, I'm going to write a children's book. And then it cuts to Susan, like reading the Bible or something. And then Johnny comes home and she gets all excited and she's like, Johnny, I've decided I made a baby crib. I want to get tested. I finally painted the baby crib, which, okay. A couple of things. He hid the wedding ring in the baby crib. So he knows that he did that. What are you doing? And B, why did you glue rope to the baby crib? That is the creepiest decoration on a baby crib I've ever seen. She glued rope to it. So I was like, okay, good. Susan's the killer. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, their baby's going to be a sailor. Like, let's tie in some more water metaphor here. Um, It's also, you're right. Like, to think about the fact that Rita is this uncomfortable with water. Like, is she afraid of the bath? Like, where does the fear <laughs> begin and where does it end? Because, like, the ocean is an unreliable, it's an unreliable body of water. Like, the ocean is very powerful. I could see someone getting sucked up and, like, the fear of that. But, like, where does, I mean, if the local community pool is scary how is lisa as clean as she looks because i would assume the shower is almost more harrowing with the way that the water hits your face like that yeah than- and like sometimes rises like if you have a bath you know because she couldn't even put her feet in the water yeah they need to get this straight yeah i i, I would like more information so johnny so- of course is not excited at all and she, he's like i just want to move on susan and she's like but counseling i have a student who does that <laughs> which, right <laughs> which like by the way that would be a um completely completely inappropriate like relationship for a client it would be unethical basically for mm-hmm. for lisa rena to um be a, a a you know her own swimming instructor's shrink like it seems like that would be a big boundary <laughs> issue so yeah, conflict of swim tourist Get oh, it, kids! Hi. Get it, kids! That's a oh dad joke. Oh my god! Oh my god! Conflict of swim dress. That is what this movie should have fucking been called. You just nailed it! Nailed I it, kids! Nailed it! Hey, one day you guys will make it to forty-two, and you'll have the same dad jokes right up your sleeves. So next up he's is like, class. I'm just sleep on the couch. That was a, that was a rough one where he's like doesn't even get inside. He's like I'm sleeping on the couch. So At the Sheraton, not even here. <laughs> yeah. So Laurel gets to class and jumps into the water. Uh, Harvey automatically. I wrote he me too's himself onto her. Like he right away swims into the two of them. By the way, Susan's got quite the rack on her. Like I didn't notice that at first, but Susan's got a great rack, and um, I could see why Harvey would be you know overcome with. Uh, 
something for it. But it's just, you know, completely inappropriate that this old man like swims into both of these women's chests while they're barely dressed in a pool. I, I, I feel like Harvey has signs of dementia or something like that, where it's just he's acting out sexually and inappropriately at this point. I, no, it's just a guy. It's like, boobs, look at me in between pair two boobs. I'm so excited. Look at me. I'm like, you need to drown right now. Someone needs to drown you. Okay. I, I, that makes me wonder, has Harvey been like this his whole, his whole life? Or is this something he stepped into in older adulthood? Maybe this is why his kids don't talk to him because he's like kind of just always been a player, maybe cheated on the mom, made the childhoods difficult. I don't know. Yeah, uh, no one knows. But Gail's like, get out of here, Harvey. Okay. Hey, Lisa Rinna, this is Harvey the pervert. Harvey, that's the end of the pool. I was like, oh, snap. Gail is getting shady. I love it. So then Gail's she- like, okay, Lisa Rinna, this time we're going to work on your breathing. Like, do you not remember her doing the backstroke? She just jumped into the water. I think you're past breathing. Okay. Right, right. Exactly. Like, she's emboldened today because um, she's got some new dick in her life. And what she doesn't realize is that Suzanne has, has recently had some dick exit her life. She fucking breaks down in tears in the pool. So she like they all of a sudden the two of them are inside the locker room back where their friendship started. Um, and by the way, I should tell you that these two are fucking irrationally close for the amount of time. Like people think L.A. people are fake. Watch two bitches in a lifetime movie for five seconds. The two of them. I, I honestly I think they're going to go get burial plots together. Like the two of them are so close after like one swim lesson. Yeah. Um, and Gail's so, like, well, he said he lost his ring, but I found it. Doesn't mention in a baby crib. I mean, girl, if the, if if you're really girlfriends with somebody, that's really your girl. You're going to be like, I found that mother that motherfucker's ring in a, a fucking baby a, a baby carriage thing I bought from Michaels 10 years ago. Who does that? What is wrong with him? But she just leaves that out and then Ren is like, maybe he's just just at work. What does he do? Dun 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 computers. But it's not that. The worst part is, and then Gail goes into the most basic monologue I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and, and it's also like, it's very, um, it's, it's kind of like a train of thought that an abuser has where she's like, I tried to keep our world as small as possible. I thought if I just like locked him inside and it was just the two of us in our house that I'd have him forever. And it's like, oh, so you isolated him from his friends and family? And <laughs> like, oh, like, cause by the way, if, if a girl told me that someone was doing that to her, I would say the next move is he's gonna fucking kill you. Okay. You got to go to a woman's shelter. Um, but another conflict of Swiftress here is that Laurel is paying for swimming classes and all of a sudden she's giving her teacher who broke down in tears uh, like a therapy session in the locker room. Like these two are the most unprofessional women I have ever met in my life. And I love, I, I want to be honest with you. I love them both. I also got attached very quickly and I'm very endeared to both of them at this point, even though I do think one of them is going to kill the other at some point. I know. Uh, I'm really, I'm really rooting for Susan to just start killing people. Cause I'm like, break down already. Okay. This is supposed to be your breakdown monologue and it's so basic. And then Rena 
it gives the most basic answer ever, which, by the way, what kind of shrink answers things like this? He goes, right. I think we need a girl's weekend, a spa. I was like, what kind of shrink are you? Because she literally tells her, you know what? We don't need to talk about this right now. <laughs> right, right. And it's also like it it's such a boundary crosser where it's like, oh, OK, so now I'm kind of like you're my swim teacher. I'm kind of offering you some psychological help. But also, like, let's just go to the spa. And I'm like, you two have known each other for 15 minutes. She just just admitted to the fact that she's been trying to keep her husband isolated from the rest of the world in an attempt to keep him because she stopped her from being bullied when they were 12 years old because he saw her swim once like that's the other thing too oh, that it's was like- creepy too like she she mentions okay I, he knew that I was the only girl in school without a dad or something and then he was the most popular kid in school and then once he saw me swim I was like wait so he wasn't like attracted to you because he wanted to take care of you which is what that line was leading us to believe right it's like he knew i didn't have a dad he still didn't care he was too popular it's when he saw me swim it was my esther williams moves i mean honestly i just went to a place of like i hope you guys were the same age because otherwise you're just talking about a prepubescent girl kicking her way around a swimming pool in a one-piece bathing suit and like the two of you are now getting married like it really made me uncomfortable like just the idea of him falling in love with a 12 year old girl in a bathing suit i assume they're the same age but it still grossed me out well, what grosses me out is that it's a jazz club time, which again, it's like, everybody get formal. And then Lisa Rin is like, I'm going to do my hair different because this is a jazz club, baby. I was like, what are you doing to your hair? It's like her crazy jazz club hair wig. I know. And like, we should point out too that like, you know, Rena's supposed to be like the sophisticated one out of the two of them, but like her whole thing is bright color, which is. Not really like what I associate. I normally am like, I'm the one who's like showing up to the nightclub in the neon yellow. I'm like the tacky one. That's me in my life. And I look around and everyone else is wearing all black. It's so weird that like Lisa's supposed to be this cosmopolitan woman, yet like she has to be a purple people eater, like at all points. It's so weird. And they're like those Easter pinks and purples. They're like the little girl pinks and purples, which are weird to me. It's like, I, I know. And it's, it's also like not gravy season. Like you can't be wearing like a pink <laughs> dress and be eating gravy at the same time. The two are, the two do not go hand in hand. Um, Ooh, so she's like, wow, do you want to come? Uh, did she invite? Oh no. He's like, do you want to come have, wait, what, how did this? Cause now it's like the double trouble, double mom night. He's okay. going to have to go see both moms in one night. Well, wait, I want to go back because there's an actor and actress that win the fucking movie at the Golden Horn Jazz Night. Um, it's the couple, it's the black couple that spots, by the way, I will say I usually hate the way that like, you know, um, a lifetime wedges in representation in their films. Like it drives me nuts. I'm like, oh, they found, they found the one person of color on set that could give a line. Like it's always just so. It's like to fill a quota. They're like, see, we did it. It's 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 actually yeah it's like embarrassing always because it's just like you're just trying to fill a quota you guys I get it you gave the one person of color the the one two line part congratulations but no these two actors literally say okay you're gonna give me two lines I'm gonna fucking kill these lines um, let's play thirty nine thirty to forty oh three oh my god I can't believe it what is it Bits? Look at that table to the left of the piano. That is him, isn't it? That's Johnny Miller. That's not Susan with him. Maybe it's just a client. Thank you. I'll be back. 
Stay out of here. It's none of your business. If it was me, I'd want to know. I want to leave that nice little uh, jazz like outro there. Um, I do want to say also that upon rewatching this scene, I missed a crucial detail, which is there's a true uh, two drink minimum at this club. Oh, my God. Uh, the table tents. I'll say two drinks. Two drinks, okay? So if you're unclear, there's no door fee, okay? Maybe there's a $5 door fee, but then you are also subjected to a two-drink minimum. And as you were saying earlier, and I'm so sorry I didn't like really like shine a light on this with you, Lisa Renna's hair in this scene is fucking absurd. <laughs> like, the only way this could have been more time-appropriate would be if they shoved some butterfly, butterfly clips in that. Like, that is exactly the kind of, like, funky short hair that you had in early 2000s. It's exactly. just crazy. It looks fucking crazy on her. So, this guy is so brazen. He's just making out at the jazz club. Like- Let's talk about this, because it haunted me from the very beginning. When he makes a reservation at the Sheridan that's apparently just five minutes from their house in a town where it seems like they grew up. Um, I was like, this man doesn't give a shit about anything. He's dying to be caught. He's literally Tristan Thompson. Like, he is dying to be caught. That's going to be his excuse. You just know it. He's one of those guys that's like, honestly, part of me feels like I wanted to be caught. Like, no shit. You're going to a hotel five minutes from home, making out in public with this woman. Like, you all live yeah. here. He's like, I hid my wedding ring there. in your vagina. I can't believe you found it. How did I get caught? Like, he's doing everything he can fucking do. So then they cut to this couple, and Betts is like, well, isn't that Johnny Miller? <laughs> I I really, I really love this couple. They really made the movie for me. I think Betts is just fantastic. Now, I love how the husband is stirred with Betts, yet it's very clear Betts runs the show. Oh, like, yeah. He's you know, he's kind of like, tame yourself, Bets. And she's like, I will do what I want, which is ruin this marriage. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Bets. I love that he says all of his lines involve the word Bets. Hey, Bets. Yeah. Bets. 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 Whereas, like, the, in, in a lesser lifetime movie, because, like, we've watched movies where a character will have, you know, 15, 16 lines. And, like, you go to the IMDb, it's like, girl number one. Like, they, not only did they name this character, they made sure you you knew her name. Um, and I don't know why that was. Maybe, you know, they didn't think they would cast such a memorable young woman for this part. But I mean, you, you don't forget Bets. Um, <laughs> she's really great. But yeah, Johnny's dying to get caught. And, and I will say also, this is a very, uh, you know, late 90s, early 2000 thing where people didn't realize it's none of your fucking business to uh, tell someone about a cheating situation. You don't step in shit like that. You don't go into people's marriages and fuck stuff up. Everyone out there, if you know that someone, especially if it's someone as casual as your neighbor, is uh, seeing other people, you do not roll up to their house and tell them. You just don't tell well, them. And if you you're going to do it, it, you do it the right way. Hey, I was at a jazz club and I saw your husband there making out with some chick. And I'm so sorry to say it, but I saw it. Not like, hey, remember me? Had a baby. And she's like, oh, my God, I guess I'm, I haven't seen you in so long. I guess you did have a bit. Look at that, a baby. Sorry, I haven't come over. She's like, it's OK. You want to hold my baby? She's thank God she says no. Who says you want to hold this baby when they're about to tell her the worst news of her life? 
Right. You know? It's uh, that 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 was jarring to me as well because I was like, she's obviously gonna drop it. I mean, this isn't a movie like where they say like, are you sitting down? Like normally you'd want someone to sit down before you give them their news, let alone hand them your infant. It's so strange. But you know what? Bet's gonna do what Bet's gonna do. And I will say, Ronnie, that like you know what? Sure, there are people in your life that can break this news to you. I don't know if you ever had anyone do it to you. Well, you the better only- fucking break it to me if you ever see Bueller cheating. Well, if it was Bueller and you, yeah, sure. But like it would I would need to hear it from like you or I I've had Ed tell me once and I was able to like handle that sort of thing because it was Ed. And so Ed came in right away being like, fuck this asshole. But like with Bets, it's like it doesn't seem like she knows either one of them well enough to have like a great loyalty. Do you know what I mean? She just yeah, kinda like, she like comes this- in guilting her at the same time about not having seen the baby yet. It's like, Hi, friend who didn't even care that I had a baby. Guess what? Your husband's cheating on you possibly like yeah and i don't want to turn i don't want to turn on bets like because she's she's great but i will say that it's like an odd series of things where it's like you know susan's apologizing for not coming by to see the baby which really susan what are you doing with your life like maybe the meringue instead of like going over to your, your mom's house and trying to make some sort of relationship happen at this point Maybe you should bring it down the street. Maybe it's like, you know, you make your own family, Susan. Maybe Bets could take you under her wing. You, you know, get really close with the baby. Start kind of like getting really good with the baby because we know you have issues around having children. Like that would be a perfect like start for her. Maybe just like she could be a babysitter to the child. Yes. And she's getting all this news and it's so specific. Bets, you didn't know that Bets always has all the details. Because she's like, um, well, we saw your husband, Johnny Miller, at this club on 5th called Club on 5th. Oh, no, called the Golden Horn. And there's this group we love, the Smith Jazz Ensemble. And he was with someone, probably a client. I'm like, Jesus, bets. Just yeah, we don't need a pamphlet. And it's like, also, you saw them tonguing. Okay, like, don't now that you've told like 99% of the story, you don't leave out that that last one major percent. Like it was a it was an overshare. I mean, she needed to pick a lane, really. She needed to pick a lane. <laughs> so so then Gail, uh, um, Susan's like, oh, my God, he's cheating. Ugh, I guess it was just a client. Adult client. I'm going in to whip up some meringue. So she goes in. She's like, do not tell me. Do not tell me. Do not tell me. But we have to go back really quickly to when Laurel and Susan are biking in the park. And we find out that oh, every every Wednesday, um, Susan and Johnny eat at Johnny's parents' house, who she's not particularly close with. She only really sees them when Johnny's around. And we find out that Jake is going to be meeting Laurel's mom that night. So it's like, oh, what a what a crazy coincidence. We're both doing meet the parents thing tonight. Okay. Yes. yes. So, um, then, uh, at dinner that night, we find out John- Johnny's mom is kind of doing this thing to Susan where she's like, you look pale or you- you're pale, right? You've been swimming too much. Um, Are you pushing too hard with your swimming? I love when, when moms do that. They're like, oh my God, exercise. You might die. It's truly belittling. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's very belittling where she's like, oh, the, the two hours of work you do a week, is it is it stressing you out? Like, it's just really like that cunty mother-in-law thing. And I'm like, you would raise Johnny. Like, you would. You, you know? would. And then she's, Gail's trying to, like, be mean to Johnny in front or be resentful because she knows everything going on now. So she's pissed. So she's trying to, like, do it in front of the mom. Like, honey, do you think this mom is going to be on your side? You could say right now at the table, Johnny is fucking some tramp. And the mom would be like, good, I hope she doesn't swim too much like you. 
Right, right. Johnny can do no wrong in this in these parents' eyes. Like and also they are in a completely opposite financial situation, of course, than Susan's family is, where like they're sitting out at this nice sort of like outdoor dinner, which by the way, confusion about the seasons again, because mom does say this is the last night of the year we're probably gonna be able to eat outside. So I don't know who's eating gravy in August, but whatever. Um <laughs> I mean, where, where is this? Is this is San Jose in California, or is this in? Yeah, it's California. I it's think. California. I mean, we okay. Have a San Jose. It's yeah, like a, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a very pretty place. Or I don't know. It sounds nice. It has Saint in the title, so I'm in. So yeah. Johnny's like trying to like just get through this because um, Susan has uh, not Susan. Rinna has been like, "You're gonna meet my mom tonight. Don't forget to bring your appetite." Be yeah, hungry. he's got a leave room for dinner hungry. number two. Right. Yep. So he's the mom keeps feeding him and feeding him. And Gail's like, oh, yeah, Johnny sure is busy, isn't he? And he's like, true. Well, just got a call from Doss. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Scan failed. Gotta go. <laughs> so Susan gets up and confronts Johnny about the club. She's like, so what about the jazz club the other night? And he's like, I don't want to hurt you. And she pulls out the ring. She's like, I found your ring. He's like, I've been trying to tell you I want this to be over. Now's not the time. And it's like, well, why hide it from your parents, dude? Also, you literally... Uh, yeah, oh, go ahead. Just tell him, because he's already said he wants to leave you. Like, at this point, I'm not really feeling for Susan. He's been pretty upfront and been like, I want out. It's like, no! Okay, I mean, so... The mom He's beating her over the head with it. Yeah. Like, so the mom, I just have like, to point out what an asshole the mom is again because we have to leave her soon. But the yeah. mom goes, Hey, Johnny, I saw a classmate of yours from school. He's bald now. I was like, This mom needs to die. Okay. Let's just murder the mom. Someone has got to get murdered in this show. Murder her. I hate her. Yeah, I I didn't really understand what like the thing was there. It was like Johnny, you're like still the hot guy. Like I I don't really get it, especially like because he's done well in life, which goes against the story of like a popular guy in high school. Like uh, popular guys from high school are not supposed to be doing well in life at all. They're all supposed to be losers. So yeah, and Johnny's the mom's really like, still mocking the least the less popular kids for him. Yeah, it's so gross. It's like I saw a classmate, and then Gail goes. Speaking of seeing people, Johnny ran it. Uh, I ran into Bet, the neighbor. Amazing how you just run into people, isn't it? Like your neighbor? Yeah, a good one, Gil. Can't wait to see how you s- spin this into a nice firm meringue. Sick diss. Um, so we go to dinner at Laurel's mom's house. Um, we learned that they moved from Michigan when Laurel was eight. Um, so I wonder if those flashbacks are happening at the Great Lakes. That was my first thought. Um, Johnny helps them fix the uh, dishwasher, um, which they're both very, very impressed by. So they go back to Laurel's after the fact. Uh, Laurel's all like hot for him because he was nice to her mom. Um, and he asked her to, he's like, will you help me with house hunting? And um, he's like, I think about you all the time. I want to be with you all the time. And she's really like, she's. it's all coming together for her. He was nice to the mom. He fixed the dishwasher. He's looking for a house. He thinks about her a lot. You know what? Tonight's the night we fuck. So um, they start making out. And it's like definitely like a bone in front of the fire thing. And the next morning, uh, he wakes her up with a cup of coffee. Originally, I wasn't going to play this scene, but we should because this is where it all goes down. Um, so, 49.15 to 51.53. There's something that I need to tell you. What is it? And, uh, I'm still married. 
dare you come in here with your words and your orchids and your soup when I'm sick? How dare you manipulate me? Is that what you think? Look, would it help if I talked about her? If I told you why I couldn't just leave? Well, you think by sharing intimate details about her feelings and her weaknesses and what she looks like in the morning and what she's afraid of, that that will somehow make what you did okay? That I'll suddenly go, oh, yeah, now I get it. We're getting divorced. Does your wife know? She doesn't want to believe it, but she knows there's someone else, and it's over with her. Jake, the truth is it's not. If it were, you'd be divorced, legally. Not just in your mind for a couple of hours while we're together. Laura, I've done a terrible thing. Not only to you, but to her. And I am just trying to make it right. The only way to make it right is to go back in there and figure out the ending on your marriage. You have to settle it, Jake, one way or the other. I meant everything I said to you. Did you mean it to her once, too? He's married. Oh, Laura. In therapy, I hear the same kind of stories all the time. I should have known. Have you ever tried calling him in Atlanta? Yeah. He had a voicemail in his condo. We mostly emailed. Of course, I still love Johnny. Even though he just told me he really does have somebody else. Do you really want a guy who would treat you like that? Okay, don't answer that. God. Men. We need a vacation. I'll tell you what. If you let me continue teaching you swimming, the only reason I was taking swimming lessons was because of Jake. But you can't just stop now. I mean, you've come this far. I'll make you a deal. If you stick with your swimming lessons... I'll take you up on that girl's vacation, okay? Deal. But I don't want us wasting a minute talking about these guys. Us? I know. Five bucks every time one of us brings them up. Who? Oh, good one. Who? Um, all right, so... Let's just talk a little bit about how the continuity in this is out of control. First of all, in their one shots where like Rena and and uh, Jake are talking in the kitchen, his jaw is moving around like he just fucking blew an eight ball right before he came in with the coffee. Like his jaw is moving all around. And I'm like, I know he doesn't have a line here. Is this actor like unclear on whether or not his jaw is in the scene or is he trying to work overtime on jaw acting like at least he can do so a turn he could impressed. oh this man could turn like nobody's business like this is where you really see the pivot acting on 10 it's like it's it's unreal how he just spins around in the kitchen it's like you know maybe you just want to like consistently look into her eyes considering the conversation the level of conversation I mean, you're this having is such a guy thing it's like okay i fucked you up married like you couldn't have said that yesterday my Dude, god he's like your vagina is worth telling you yeah, i I'm honestly married. was so for i mean honestly like this is one of those situations where if you've ever been with someone who's like oh yeah I, if you've ever un- unknowingly been the other woman which unfortunately i have once and like it's the kind of thing where after you're like oh my god like 
it's like it, it it feels like I didn't consent to this. Like I was having sex with Jake, the guy that I knew that had this narrative, not some like fucking pervert guy that hasn't even sold his house, that's not even told his wife he wants a proper divorce. Like it's so I would be like, get the fuck out of my house. I wouldn't even stop to have a conversation with him. I would feel so violated. And then when a second later, she and Susan are talking, they're like, "Uh, men. And I'm sitting there thinking, first of all, why haven't you two put this together yet? You both live in town. The guy's last name is Miller. He's using a name that's like basically a shade of his real name. And then like... I feel like the people in these movies are like, they make them so basic that they could be talking about anybody in the Olive Garden. You know what I mean? Truly. Like, what are they really even know about each other nothing they've all both of their boyfriends has the most have the most basic names you know johnny and jake miller you know they're all they talk about is like does he like me enough did he like me enough it's like so pathetic they're just basic bitches that's how they never put it together you know they could be talking about any man in the world you know the way that they're saying like the way that susan goes oh man or rena i think goes oh man and it's like no that's not most men that's like the actions of a psychopath. And you should know the difference as a psychologist. This isn't like what men do. This is uh, what fucking crazy people do. I love that. Ren, I love Rena's line. How dare you come in here with your words and your orchids and your soup? I know, right? <laughs> it was the soup that really got her really got her wet. It wasn't the, you know, coming to dinner at her mother's house. That's the thing that I would be like, you really came to my mom's house and you have a wife? Like that's the that is the terrifying truth of being married to someone is that you think everything's going smoothly and that they might just be on a business trip and then you find out no. Not only is he cheating on you with your friend, but he's had dinner at her mom's house. Like how intimate is that? That is so intimate. He has- fixed her mother's dishwasher right so, so that, that we find out that Rena's Rena's screwing a married guy and gail is being cheated on so what's Rena's answer girls trip and by the way the iced tea <laughs> continuity all throughout this scene gail uh gail knows how to not drink an iced tea like i've never <laughs> seen an actress drink a drink more actressy where it's like she brings the drink up to her lips and then hold, pinches the straw as she sips it's like no one drinks like that no one has ever drank like that but then when you cut to her shot she's never holding the drink it's like it's such bad acting it's so like the director was just checked out. You could tell that the director was like, I'm going to go to my uh, my trailer, take a nap. Um, uh, John, or Johnny, the PA, why don't you direct this scene? And Gail just has lost all of her acting chops in this moment and is going willy-nilly with the iced tea. Um, it's compl- like, none of them, went, it seems like no one was consulted on what the shots looked like before they started acting. I mean, they banana like, pole, banana pole. Yeah, That's all I have to say. Pole. It's That's a, it's, a production meeting for this banana pole. That that was the most effort they put in. Uh, can we just get some bananas to cover the pole? <laughs> All I right. don't give a shit about the iced tea. It could be a diet coke for whatever I can. Rena, you're bringing your own wardrobe. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I love this deal. Five bucks uh, each time one of us brings him up, and it's like she's a small time swim instructor who just had to con you to keep taking her class. Yes. Uh, that's the other thing, too, is I was like, is Susan getting paid for this? Like, because I don't know if she's allowed to uh, push her into taking more classes. But also, how pathetic for Rena to be like, you know what? I'm just going to continue to be a 40-year-old woman who doesn't know how to swim. Yeah, That's fucking Rena, because when she goes girls trip, Gail goes, yeah, one more week and swim. And Rena goes, ha, not without a man. I did that for Jake. 
I'm like, this is the most pathetic show so far ever. Who's going to get murdered? At this point, I'm like, somebody better die. Yeah, I want to see. I really need to see Susan snap. Like they're on the girls' trip, and she just fucking strangles Rena in her sleep. Um, so then, now so- inexplicably, John. Well, I guess it's not inexplicable because uh, Lisa Rena was just like, uh, "No, I'm breaking up with you." So he goes back home to Gail. What a pig! And I love that I they make him like this boring dish rag of a guy who just does all the standard dick move guy things, you know? He goes straight home and they have candlelight dinner and which is awkward when this man's Johnny been trying to leave a, you for years. And Johnny No idea like, how to be alone. He yeah. has no he's one of those men. He like can't be alone. Yeah, and he's like, I've decided I wanna try. It's like my meringue. He's like, no, leave the meringue out of it, Susan. God damn it. I want to try. I'll give it a month. And she's like, yeah, but Johnny, give it six months. Like, oh my it's, God. it's honestly, it's like beggars can't be choosers, sweetheart. Like two minutes ago, you were honestly like you were trying to just like keep him at home. You even like after he's humiliated this you this way, you sat home and roasted a chicken anyway to feed him. It's like at, at this point, if I was Susan, I'd be like the Chinese food menus on the counter. Order what you want. I ate already. Like yeah. that would be that would be me. But Susan, no, she's at home making a chicken piccata so that she can have her heart broken again. And then when he says try, it could be like try for what? The marriage? Try for a child? Try for what? Try to like go, I don't know, see your swim lessons? I don't know what he's trying for. It's it's so odd. And She's Susan, like, tell me about her. This is about her, isn't it? That's why you won't give it six months? Tell me more about her. I want to know what I'm up against. And he goes, you know, she's just not like you, Susan. She's more like me. <laughs> I know. And I'm sitting there for Susan just like, girl, no. Like, don't ask. Like the last thing you want to do. This is the. Th- this is where like you know Facebook and everything has just ruined people because n- n- by now like you'd just be like looking up someone's picture, but she wants like a play by play, which like you know if you've ever asked a man to describe anyone, it's the most underwhelming thing of all time. You'd be like, I don't know. She's got like brown hair she's like uh she's like smart like she wears colorful clothes like guys are the fucking worst i think she was wearing like a pink pink something like guys are the fucking worst at describing someone this would have driven me crazy to have like (laughs) pre-facebook a guy try and explain the woman he's cheating on he doesn't yeah he wouldn't be able to anyway it's like well she's got short hair really fun big lips um she likes pizza. Big brown she said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she likes pizza, children, running on the beach. Um, but the thing that she doesn't ask, which would be the first thing I say, is like, what's her fucking name? Like, tell me her name. Um, you know, that is that eludes her somehow. So the phone starts to ring. It's Roxy. Um, and as like Susan takes the phone, she's like, I'm going away for the weekend. And then she takes the phone call with Roxy, which is, again, unclear. Like, is Roxy a blockbuster trying to figure out what movie they rent next? Like, what Roxy is doing on this phone call is, is nothing. Like, she doesn't move the plot forward. You can't tell if it's a happy call. Yeah. Or a sad call. It's just Roxy. Like, you ruined my life. She's like, Mom, I'll call you later. So uh, he's like, I'm going to go out now. And she's like, eh, you you know what? You always said you don't want to be like Roxy. But now you sounded just like her. I was like, she didn't even say anything. What are you right. talking about? And then so, Susan finally stands up for herself. And she's like, she's like, that's it. You can do the dishes. And I was like, oh, my God, progress. Is she going to kill someone now? And I'm also like. What I love, like, again, lifetime with like the linear movement. So it's like 
at, oh, so he fixes the dishwasher in one scene and then at home now he's washing the dishes. Like, do you think the writer felt very clever where it's like, oh, at the end of things, he's on dish duty? Like, is do you think, I really don't think that's like a accidental parallel. Like, I think that's the writer trying to be very clever. I don't know. At least it wasn't by a pool. Right, point, exactly. I'm for the small things, I, the, it could have just been like the sink overflowed. Maybe we didn't have time to see that, but there was a flooding of the sink or the water. There has to be. So um, they go on their girls' weekend, and this is where I really felt like Susan. I felt I crumbled for her because they pull up to like the Sheridan or whatever the local hotel is in town, and Susan's like, "I can't believe you're not intimidated by things like this," and. I don't know if there was a time in my life where I looked at things that were a little bit out of my price range and I like cowered, but to think that someone would be intimidated by the local town hotel is so it's so dark. And I know that Susan didn't grow up with a lot of like treats in her life. She didn't live a particularly charmed life, but like, you know, fear of the local hotel where they probably had their prom seems like, a little odd. She's like, this isn't just a Marriott. It's a courtyard Marriott. And it's like, oh, come on. I'm a psychiatrist. Let's work on your confidence. You know how girls do that, right? With yeah. buying clothes and putting on makeup. We're girls. Girls trap. So it is, but by the way, it is a one day trip. Like we never see them have a sleepover or anything else. It's like they check into a hotel. They use the spa inside of the spa. They talk about their dead dads or whatever. And then they come out and like they put on clothing and then she drives home that night in this new outfit. It's so, it's like, what is the time? This is some, some girl's trip. It seems like a six-hour daytime thing. Meanwhile, where are Laurel's, like, patients? Are they okay? Have they all killed themselves? Like, well, for all we know, all we've seen of Rena's job is that she does, like, speeches in conference rooms. So I don't right. even know that she's a one-on-one site. I think she's just lying. She's just that girl who's, like, into team building for a day at Banks. Right. She's like the local sad, like Tony Robbins. Yes. Yes. Or, oh my God, you know who she is? She's Travis Alexander. Who's that? The guy that Jody Arias murdered. Oh my God. Well, I was hoping, I was like, please just kill him now. Do I need to jump into this TV and pull a Jody Arias? Why are none of these girls psycho yet? I mean, this is lifetime. I don't want to see two people not not be psycho. Don't worry. Your face is not even close to possibly enough to, to do that. Don't worry about it. You're not for Palm Desert, okay? So um, the best part is like Susan's big like childhood trauma is that they ate canned food on paper plates. And she's um, like, It was no. dented. It was dented canned food. Dented cans of spaghetti, which like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not like an, an economist, but I feel like you could just like go get, I, I feel like a can of spaghetti is far more expensive and economically uh, irresponsible than just picking up a big box of spaghetti at Costco and cooking it nightly with like a big thing of sauce. Like, I don't know why the, the spaghetti is canned. I know. That's very and, alarming know, to me. Well, it's very lazy, but it's one of those things where when you're older, you hear kids complaining about their parents and you're like, this is your complaint. She's like, right. we used to go buy two cans. We used to look for twin cans together of dented spaghetti. She was a pregnant cheerleader dropout. We lived with my grandparents until they threw her out. And then we moved into an apartment and she's still there. I was like, okay, here's what your speech just told me. Your mom made being poor and shopping together fun with you. Right, she right. She was a cheerleader, which means she showed up to rehearsal at some point in her life and was, you know, organized and, you know, 
looking forward to stuff. Cheerful. She was getting laid, you know, like I'm not going to falter for that. She has decent parents who supported her. They threw her out and she's kept Elise for this long and I'm supposed to hate her? I know. And Susan acts like eating off paper plates isn't almost more luxurious than like having the same dish that you, I mean, like at least I you're was not literally eating off a paper plate when she said that. I was like, you know what, Susan, Sh- be quiet, Susan. Okay. I'm not feeling well, for you at this point. I'm feeling for Roxy. Yeah. Cause Susan like views these paper plates as like a sign of like deep impermanence where she's like, yeah, we couldn't even have a dish. Like, God forbid my mom fucked someone. Like, you know, we might pick up a move so we can't take a plate with us. Like, it's like, oh, this is a child's reasoning, like spilled over into your adult years. And now it's not cute anymore. You just never figured anything out. Yeah. Now you're uh, just like a middle aged person complaining about paper plates. You know, there's real right. abuse in the world, Susan. Right, exactly. Like, I, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Growing up with Roxy, it does seem like it could have been a pretty abusive environment, especially if you're, you know, 40 years old now and your mom's blowing some car salesman <laughs> in the next room. Well, at Just, least her mom's dating. Like, at least she's making an effort. Susan. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't paint a perfect picture of a childhood, but Susan's a little bit too roughed up for me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And, Sus- yeah. and then Rena's like, we can share my mom. I'm like, A, that's gross. You're already fucking her husband. And B, what she wants to share the mom who's like totally using a guy just to fix her dishwasher when she has enough money to call a goddamn plumber. I have to tell you that that like really spiked my radar i really was freaked out by the you we can share my mom because i'm like let's back up two weeks ago when you didn't know each other and you were having a meltdown in a public pool and you guys like held hands and i mean like you guys are not close enough for this you can't be sharing mother she doesn't even know your mom and i'll tell you anytime someone has like said to me like oh like my dad will walk you down the aisle or something i'm like do you think that that makes up for the fucking hole in my heart like it makes I don't it like even your... sadder. Like yeah, Happy Mother's Day, mother of some swimming lesson student. It's uh, honestly like I will tell you if you ever have someone in your life that is saying to you like I feel a little bit out of place in society, the solution is not offering up your family. <laughs> Trust me, if someone doesn't have their own family, they don't want yours. <laughs> They're not asking for more family. They're just simply saying, you know, I was kind of cheated of some of the hallmarks of a normal childhood, <laughs> and it bums me out. Um, it's it's very strange, especially because Rena's got her own you know loose screws over there. So. Um, Susan says that one of her mom's exes used to throw her in the pool over and over again until she learned how to hold her breath. Did which, you date my mother? Because that's how I learned to swim. She's like, Ronnie, do it. <laughs> that's how I learned how to swim too. My grandmother paid. I have this memory of like a morbidly obese man with a mustache down in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Except I didn't get, I didn't have the luxury of being thrown in the pool. I was thrown straight into the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. I was four years old getting thrown into the ocean. Was my life fucked up because of it no i learned how to swim i'm fine i'm a great swimmer we've talked a lot about how great i am at swimming during this podcast but um it's just like it's this is not like like lisa <laughs> fucking, like, well, did your mom susan, do anything about susan it? goes i got dropped in the deep end till i almost drowned but i learned how to hold my breath i'm like so how did you learn to swim like is that another monologue <laughs> right and then rita acts like this is sort of like a cps situation which it might have been she's like what was your mom doing and she's like she was working on her tan and meanwhile I'm like, so this sounds like a pretty normal thing. Like you were taking a swim lesson. uh, And your mom was getting a tan, which means she took you to the pool. It sounds like a life of privilege to me. 
Honestly, like, and by the way, let's not let's not forget that your apartment complex had a pool. OK, you're rich. I don't know who you think you are, but you're rich. Um, I'm unclear on how Roxy made a living, but that's really not none of my business. So Rena is doing Susan's makeup uh, in the room. And by the way, like it has like the more we see Susan in different daytime environments in particular, you realize she's quite pretty. Um, but like the way that they do this sort of like, she's all that makeover on her, like where she's like, wow, Susan, you're beautiful. Um, it's so, uh, it's so, uh, belittling. Like it's very diminishing how she says it's that. Every to her. movie. And I, it makes me fucking crazy. Well, first of all, they hire Gail O'Grady. Who's hot as hell. Like she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's beautiful. And they're like, you're ugly now. Cause you have glasses, which we're used to. It's like been every movie that we've covered, I think has had this character, but this one is different because <laughs> now it's like, suddenly it's, there's no scene where she's putting on contacts. It's like, Oh my God, I learned how to like blow dry my hair. And now I can see, I was like, what kind of magical blow dryers do you guys have in San Jose? Right. And like, and then Rena says to her, you know, you look so good. You, you should keep this lipstick, which is, you know, nice, I guess. But like, it's very, uh, again, it's like, it's something that you give to someone or you're like, oh, you're less fortunate. Like, you know, it's like, what is she, your intern or something? You're like, oh, instead of taking this to the Goodwill, why don't you see what you like in there and keep yeah, it? That's like, like Rena Charity giving you uh, lipstick. And then Susan's like, what? All these colors. Oh, that's so my mother. She even hired a color consultant. I was like, I know, did, I did love somebody, that. who, did my sister write this movie? Cause I know I didn't. How is this woman just describing my mother? And why am I standing up for her? I'm like, what? So your mother cared about her colors? Well, God forbid, Susan. Like I start hating Susan at this point, And now I'm rooting right. for Rena to kill Susan. You know, I didn't hate Susan until now that you're pointing out how I didn't hate I, her I either. I'm only hating her tonight. I loved her in the movie, but now yeah, I know I, 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 I totally bought her sob story. I was like on board. And now that you pointed out, literally, I'm waiting for a night that likes one of her mom's boyfriends hit her or something. I need that. No, it's not. She's like, my mother board. fed me and um, gave me swimming lessons and got her right. colors done. It's like, oh, right. my God, the abuse. Let's have a parade for all the Susans in the world. And, I, and trust me, look, I, I know it's not easy to be second fiddle to your mom's like desire for dick or whatever. That certainly is something that no child should have to live through. But like, you know, let's we don't even know what happened to Rena's brother yet, but at least he's alive uh, or not. I mean, at least you're alive, Susan. Um, have you that said, have you've done your colors before, right? Uh, my mother did her colors and she so, got my goddamn colors done, too. And so that's why I'm like, what are your I colors? have my own issues, you know, but I'm certainly not resenting my mother over shit like that. No. What are your colors? Uh, green and brown. I'm an earth. I'm an I earth. have no idea what my colors are. There was a place in my town that did your colors. It was called like Color Me Fabulous or something. Uh, and you could go and get your colors done. But I've never I've never done it before. I would love to they know They did my it colors. at the Dillard's for a while. And my mom and all the country club ladies went and brought me you know, as usual. And yeah, I was very happy to get my colors done. I mean, to me, that sounds like a great mother, you know? And then yeah. it's like, well, because she's trying something on, she's like, oh my God, this is like a confessional. And Ren is like, did you go to church? Are you Catholic? Oh. And she goes, well, when my mom's boyfriend was Catholic, I was Catholic. Or when my mom's boyfriend was Baptist, I was Baptist. I'm like, is your mother a slut or is she like a church going woman who's trying to have a serious relationship? I think she's saying her mom's like a big old shapeshifter. And then Susan because the only thing I the only thing I never was was a child, uh, which you know what 
I'm going to give that to Susan. It sounds like Susan was put into a lot of adult situations with her mom very young. I mean, to this day, like Susan rolls up to her mom's house and like every guy's like, who the fuck is this? And Roxy's all like, uh, I have a child. I was very, very young, which, um, by the way, like, I'm not sure that's a turn on for a guy either that like what you were fucking when you were 12, like what's going on. Um, but Susan says, uh, you know, she's never been pregnant and it's because Johnny still has no idea she's on the pill. She's afraid to have kids because she's afraid she'll pass down her kid, whatever it is that she and Roxy are missing. She's like, I got this hole in my heart. My mom had it too. I'm going to pass it on to my kid, which by the way, I think is a very realistic description of why I am probably not going to have kids. I like, I'm afraid I'd be a bad mom. Not that my mom was bad, but I'm you not going to have kids because I'll burn them in the face with a cigarette whenever they make me mad. I would not be a good father. <laughs> I would be a horrible, horrible, selfish person. And that's why I'm not having kids. You know, you're very sweet to Bueller. <laughs> yes to Bueller. Yeah, boy, he can't talk. How do you know? You know, it's a good thing about having a, a voiceless child. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> no, right. I'm a good father to Bueller, but that is a dog father. That's very different, you know. One of my favorite ways to watch Lifetime movies is on the Lifetime Movie Club, streaming 100 Lifetime movies anywhere, anytime. New movies are rotated in weekly, so you will never run out of new juicy movies to watch. Plus, listeners of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Just go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls, and if you're still not convinced, let me tell you about this month's movies. We've got I Am Elizabeth Smart, which I believe was produced by Elizabeth Smart, has Skeet Ulrich in it, and it is beyond creepy. It really... If you ever thought you knew what happened to Elizabeth Smart, watch this because you didn't. Uh, Cocaine Godmother is on there. How could anyone not watch a movie called Cocaine Godmother? And Rules Too Late to Say Goodbye and Committed. Again, to get your free month of Lifetime Movie Club, go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S for the exclusive to us offer of one free month. So, um, this is where Susan comes home from her vacation, which appears to be, you know, a 12 hour affair maybe. Cause she's wearing the same outfit that they just bought in the hotel gift shop. I mean, like where were they shopping? It's unclear, <laughs> but, um, it was a nice girl's day at the hotel. And now she comes home and Johnny and she's is hot in- now, by the way, she has perfect vision and she's totally hot now. She looks gorgeous. Um, and Johnny's in the garage tinkering away at something. He's literally at in front of one of his, like, um, maybe in front of, like, a swimming trophy or I'm not sure what it is. But they're literally at the point in their in their garage cleaning where they're going through high school trophies. <laughs> uh, and he goes, I'm just cleaning out stuff. <gasps> This pile is mine. And she's like, oh, this is your pile and this is my pile? I thought you were trying, Johnny. I, so Ooh, she's mad that this. he has let's a big... Let's play this. <laughs> okay. It's 101.34 to 103.39. Um, some okay. good fighting. Wow. You look great. Did you have a good time? Yeah. It was fun. Go with anybody I know? A friend. Did you dress like that for me? What if I did? I just don't want to be the reason you do things, that's all. It's a little late for that. 
What is that supposed to mean? My high school freestyle medal. Yeah, I'm just uh, cleaning out some of my old stuff. This pile is yours. What did you mean? This pile's yours. This pile's mine. I thought you were trying, Johnny. Susan, I am just cleaning out the garage. Don't read any more into it than that. Remember my old high school coach? Went to the University of Florida? Yeah, that same year he took three of his swarms to the Olympics. He offered me a full scholarship. You could have trained for the Olympics and you passed. Why didn't you tell me? I did what I wanted to do. Go to state with you. So that's why you didn't do it? Because of me? I knew you'd say this. Well, damn right, that's the stupidest thing. Why? Because I chose you? I had choices. That's all I wanted to say. It wasn't weakness that brought me to you. And if we make it, it's not going to be weakness that keeps us together. You're right. I am stronger than I thought. Let's just call it what it is. Susan looks lovely, but this is not like a va-va-voom outfit. Like, this is very indicative of Lifetime's just, like, budgetness overall because this, like, oh, like, you're so, you know, I'm so turned on. Like, you dress like this for me. She's literally dressed like Caroline Ray on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> like, all she was dressed like Ugly Betty before. It's like he's so excited to not see her in a sweater. And this is such a Lifetime guy, too. He's like, oh, my God, you're hot now. Everything has changed. I mean, and by the way, it is a sweater. It's just a wrap sweater that shows off some of her cleavage, but it's in red. Um, and like, you know, listen, I, I went to a dating seminar in Maryland where I did. I was told that I had the best sweater in the class for attracting men, which uh, apparently men do like a color on a woman. But I have to say that there's nothing like inherently sexual about like primary colors on a grown ass woman. It's very it's very odd to me that this movie is tapped into some sort of like sect of man that really likes his wife and looking like a Crayola crayon. It's so odd, um, well, especially it, when they mentioned the mom doing colors like that had to come from somewhere like the mom went to get her colors at it's like someone's thinking about colors but they're just not working very well for this movie i have to say i agree yeah it it makes also it makes everything in this movie look a lot less expensive which we already know we're up against the wall with lifetime just in terms of like you know budget and everything like that yeah totally recognize the landline yeah, everyone in the everyone in this movie looks like a fucking preschooler or just like literally they should be teaching preschool or they're wearing hospital scrubs. I Everything love- is ill-fitting and brightly colored. But I love when it's like, oh, my God, she's not wearing glasses. She's hot. And then you can tell they're going to do it because you hear like that Mexican guitar. It's like, oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, oh, OK. So it's Mexican now because it's sexier. This lifetime. I mean, this is like the whitest thing on television. Also, the fact that there was not more pause surrounding the fact that she's just telling him for the first time in their 10-year marriage that she actually qualified to go to the Olympics, and she decided to not follow through with that and just get married, be be a homemaker. It's, um, you know, he's like, wow, you you couldn't 
go to the you wanted to go to the Olympics, but you didn't for me. Like, <laughs> no, mad. dude, like there's more <laughs> of a I mean, he should be more mad. I personally would be fucking pissed. I'd be like, dude, you could have listen, lady, you could have had your whole fuck. You could have been queen of the be, world you could be on a wheaties box supporting us and i'm doing dos for a living okay right you know exactly and she's like no this doesn't prove that i'm weak it proves that i'm strong because i chose a man over i was like no it doesn't prove you're strong actually no it like, just proves hot. you're stupid i mean because like listen there's nothing wrong with accepting the fact that most olympic athletes like their career is over by age 22 and then it's basically impossible for them to get employment even if they're like a gold medal winner because not everyone could go on the lecture circuit like you're not wrong and that you're probably going to wind up just being a, a Susie homemaker type but if you have the opportunity to go to the olympics you should go for it girl like well, you everyone- have better dreams if you have a busy day you know what i mean like when you're relaxing right. on the couch and you're like settled down and you've had a good life that's a much better time to be s- relaxed on the couch not right. just giving everything up for some mouth breather who does this- pin- pinpoint turns in the kitchen and this whole scene is so all over the place because it's like at first they're fighting because, um, you know, he dared to separate their stuff into separate piles, which, you know, I understand the what's mine is yours mentality. But like, you know, you're not you're not splitting your high school trophy down the line 50 50 like that's your trophy. OK, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. But then she drops this Olympics bomb on him and then they have like a weird argument that I never thought would result in the two of them having sex like I. <laughs> don't understand where the heat came from and that's fine sometimes you can just pull it out of your ass out of nowhere but i would if i was her be like weren't we fighting three seconds ago about the division of assets in this family it's <laughs> yeah and then they kid they turn it when they make susan kind of the bad like when whenever i don't want to say the bad one but whenever she's like and i didn't take my well this is later but like that's her running thing is like she's tricking him and saying that it must be a problem with his sperm or something and that's reason they can't have a baby like that's not really fair either and i like when there's no, more she's actually yeah she's quite abusive i like when there's more clear-cut villains and heroes you know but anyway right. let's go back to the pool where mrs garrett is in there like to the blair and of course she complained and she's like it's getting harder and harder instead of easier and easier girls and then we see old Har floating on the pool. He's face down in the pool floating because, you know, I'm sure he wants CPR or something from one of the hotties at the pool. Uh, they're like, oh, he's such a jokester. And so then Laurel rolls up and Susan tells Laurel that night was like their first night all over again. They made passionate, passionate love. Laurel says, you know, be careful. Ease back into it. And this is a joint class, by the way. The the San Jose Community Center has decided to do a senior class where Susan is teaching and then the regular adult class because the other teacher is there and Laurel's there. It's like, what? So now we're just doing an all-swim Come on, people. Right, right. So then, um, you know, Mrs. Garrett, I think, says, wow, it's amazing how long Harvey can hold her breath. And then we realize <laughs> he's had a heart attack and is dying in the pool. Um, and, you know, Susan's yelling to Laurel, call 911, call 911. But Laura's having a trauma flash. Laurel's having a trauma flashback to we find out her brother dying in the ocean. Um, so they bring Harvey out and they're giving him mouth to mouth. Um, they all kind of like they're all standing around watching them give mouth to mouth, which I would say, like, I feel like 
at least one of the lifeguards should kind of like usher people along. Because I think the last thing you want, if they you're like all dying- gather around casually, they're like, I, one of one of the guy goes, I don't think he's going to make it. I was like, well, thanks right. for your commentary. And by the way, poor Harvey, he's finally getting what he wants. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> so got the male lifeguard breathing in his mouth. Exactly. Yeah. And then so- Lisa Rinna like flashes back to a little hairy backed little boy drowning or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not really sure what's happening here, but she runs. And by the way, she's running by the pool, which is also traumatic. And yeah. Then Gail's oh, like, yeah. wow, Harvey. She's like putting Harvey's hand on her boob one last time, you know? And then so in the hallway, just in case we forgot that this was a very traumatic scene, we hear, roo, roo. Like a half-ass siren, <laughs> and then it fades out. And Rinna finds her light. She finds like that one little sliver of hallway light to stand in. And I was like, "That's yeah. my girl, Rinna." Is this the funeral? Um, what we get to where um... this is where Rinna has her monologue, where she's like, "Okay, I admit it. It's my little brother who drowned, baby. We were yeah, on a hustle yeah. vacation, and it was our first time at the hustle, baby beach. And mom and dad were unloading things, and I was supposed to watch him, but he ran so fast, and he was laughing. And then the wave came, and it was huge. And I was like, I'm gonna go pick up my color, and I turned to the lipstick rack, and he died." And I was supposed to be that baby. It should have been me. So she's like a ba- bad babysitter. You know, I think right. her trauma in this should have been like, people keep asking her to babysit, but she's traumatized. Right. Exactly. Like, Bets comes along and she's like, oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, yeah. No, it's it's actually, it's pretty like, you know, it. it and that's a trauma for sure. But you would think at this point in her life, she would um, at least have moved past it enough to be able to get in water. You know, like maybe intellectually, she has the understanding that it's not her fault her brother died. But like deep down, she feels like it is. But that doesn't mean she should never go in water. It's not all water's out to get you, lady. Like so, sometimes it's just a pool, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not that deep. Yeah. So we go to the funeral. We see Laurel is rolling into the funeral. And yes, yeah, she is wearing a black trench coat because she has to show, you know, some respect for the dead body. But that does not stop her from wearing a bright periwinkle top underneath that jacket. <laughs> um, so she goes in and she sees... Um, Susan, you know, bent over in the, or Susan sitting in the pew and, and Johnny's bent down next to her picking up some woman's like prayer card or something. And she's Meanwhile, like, what? what is Rena even doing at this funeral? You didn't know him. Rena's finding another reason to skip work. Basically. This is like, I hate this too. It's like <laughs> when someone you just kind of met dies and then like everyone you guys kind of mutually know goes to the funeral. It's like, guys, we've known him for six weeks. Like, don't you think there's people in his actual family who might even take like insult to us showing up to this like no, because 500 people came i'm like if harvey had this many friends why was he at the pool all day every day okay exactly. i need to, i need like three people to be there to feel and for harvey. Them, like, corrected him and said you know maybe you know you shouldn't be like swimming into these young women i mean it sounds like he was like i, I don't know he seems like a dirty old man who had no friends but then come to find out he's the toast of the town yeah no shit and so ren is like oh my god it's jake johnny jake Oh my god, I never realized when you said your man's hair stays wet all the time, it was my same man with the J name! So she's like, I am sorry, I cannot stay. (gasps) And she runs off, and then Susan goes, sorry, honey, she's a psychologist. Sometimes things just hit her hard. It's like, what? Like, what? No, actually, like, are you familiar with the job of psychologist? Like, that is exactly not what she's supposed to do. She's supposed to have some coping mechanisms in place. Maybe it's a little deeper than you think, Susan. 
is that maybe these two have been fucking the whole time behind your back. Um, so Laurel and Jake slash Johnny are on the same page where they realize what a terrible thing this is. And and to Johnny's credit, I think he's just as surprised as they are to learn that, you know, they're the same person. Um, but <laughs> Susan, poor Susan sitting there all in the dark. Um, let's go to 10906 to 11049. Laurel, I've been looking for you for an hour. Why didn't you tell me you were taking swimming lessons? I was taking them for you, you son of a bitch. What else have you lied about? Not the important things. Not about falling in love with you. Love? What do you know about love? The only thing you know about is taking care of Jake. That's it. You're really good at that. The first time we met, you were already lying. When I spilled that coffee on you that day, I'd just gotten off a plane from Atlanta. So when you asked me where I lived, Atlanta just slipped out. I didn't think I was ever going to see you again. So it, it didn't matter that I had misspoken. Because by then, it was too late. Misspoken? It started with a lie. I wasn't trying to start anything. But you did. You emailed me. You called me. You pursued me. You even had an Atlanta phone number. Not at first. The day I asked you after the date, the day I showed up at your lecture, that's the day I got the Atlanta number. And that is the day that I decided that I wasn't going to stay with my old life any longer. She said it was like old times. You said yourself I needed to try. Well, maybe I was wrong. No. Susan's my best friend. Don't you see it's never going to work for us now? Don't say that. All I wanted was to get out of it with the least amount of harm to her. She never had to know. I never want her to know. You don't know how lucky you are. Susan is a gem and she deserves better. And frankly, Jake, Johnny, whatever you call yourself, so do I. If you care about me, if you really care, then don't call me and just leave me alone. She really sounds like Lisa Rinna when she says she deserves better. Like, that's like exactly how you'd hear her talk on Real Housewives. <laughs> she deserves better. And frankly, uh, but let's go back to the beginning of this scene where he comes in and says, you didn't tell me you were taking swimming lessons. Like, oh, is yeah. that really She's the, head- the liar. She's yeah. the liar here. And then she goes, well, what else were you hiding from me? He's like, not the important stuff. And I was like, like being married or living where I live. <laughs> right. And you're and, and my name. You, know, you taking a swimming lesson. I mean, how dare you? Um, and the best part is, is like, this is the ultimate pivot acting because he basically is like cheating this entire scene where we're seeing Rena walk sort of on a profile. And then for some reason, he's walking sideways next to her. So he's facing the camera. <laughs> You've never seen anyone walk like that in your I'm life. Telling you, he's doing like bad community theater dancing the whole show. It's like the grapevine, the shuffle off the buffalo, hair point turn. Yeah, it's re- it's really like it's really distracting, and he's so he's so perfectly lifetimey, and it's like the way that they are having this conversation. It's like a thing that exists only in these movies, where it's like they didn't do another dialogue pass when they realized it didn't necessarily sound authentic coming out of these two people. They just stuck to the script. So what we get instead is like essentially two people having slightly different conversations at the same time. Like they don't seem like their conversations exist in the same world where he's not really really being like held 
to task for his consequences and like you know Rena's all of a sudden saying like she hopes Susan doesn't know and it's like well then why are you like causing this big thing in the park I would just be like get away from me I'm not gonna tell her he's like let's talk about this at the jazz club <laughs> like Jesus Christ, people, call her. Just call her, okay? So she basically be- does a switch because now we're towards the end of the movie, and I'm no one's died yet, and no one's gone crazy. So either someone goes crazy really late in the game, or nobody ever goes crazy and no one dies. And I'm like, what is the Rina only doing? Crazy thing about this scene is that she's working out in a sweater, like literally a knit sweater. <laughs> and I understand that you know Lisa Rinna is a. Uh, Plenty of people out there can be naturally slender. But am I supposed to believe that this woman's this woman who doesn't swim, she doesn't do anything else. I'm supposed to believe that this woman's source of exercise in life is slowly walking through the park to the extent that she can wear a sweater and not sweat into it. It's so maybe and that's again, why her in the middle cleaner. of the day. Right. <laughs> yeah, the dry right. cleaner. She's blaming him, but meanwhile, the kid's playing trumpets because of her sweat stains on the, you know, inappropriate. She's sweating clothes. into her cashmere. I mean, <laughs> also, like, the fact that he's able to. This is, like, where, you know, I would worry that someone's trying to kill me. If a man could just catch up to me in a park like that in the middle of the day, like, he just rolled up to a park and there she is. I would surely be like, do you have a team, like, following me? Is this, like, a Rose McGowan thing where you have, like, different agents from. I, I don't know what's going on, like tracking me. It's very strange the way that he just is able to find her in the park. It's perfect lifetime, like nonsense bullshit where it's just like, well, we got to get these two people together somehow. And we've already seen her at the pool. We've seen her at the, uh, the hotel, I guess, put her on the park in a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a funeral happen. Let's kill somebody. I was like, you guys could have like literally been shopping for egg whites to make meringue. Like that's all you needed. Oh my so, God. That would have been great. Back home. Susan, like i'm depressed my glasses are back i guess there goes my perfect vision so um she's going she's she's like cleaning up the closets and then accidentally like the suitcase falls down and he's got one of those big tourist pictures where they're like hey thanks for coming to disneyland this is where they took they took the picture at the jazz club this is from the the gold room or whatever it's called now i know I don't like to do this typically and just back to back it, but I feel like we have to play this fight mostly because the music is fucking amazing. It's um one eleven twenty nine to one thirteen forty five. Oh god. We didn't know. Laurel didn't know. I didn't know. Don't touch me. Okay. Oh god. Just leave me alone. God. Just talk to me, okay? Friend. Talk to me. How could you do that with her? She was my only friend, Johnny. You took everything. John. Must have been fun, huh? What are you talking about? Two of you must have had a couple laughs. We didn't know until the funeral. You expect me to believe that? That's the truth. Just get out! No, I don't ever it. want to see stop you it. again! Stop it! Or just just you want to just go to her! Just go to her! She doesn't want me! Okay? You're here because things didn't work with her. No. No. Don't lie to me. I am sick of your lies. Susan. Look, we can start over. You are not the only one that lies. You see this? 
You want to know why we can't have kids, Johnny? This is why. How can you be on the pill and not kill me? I'm not good mother material, Johnny. You think magically I'd know how to do it by watching your mother once a week or reading a few books? I'd be faking it. And sooner or later you'd start hating me, you and the baby both. This isn't about babies, Johnny. This is about us. You made me wrong. You made me feel wrong. You made me wrong in our marriage and wrong in my choices and wrong in who I am. You accused me of doing too much for you. But I'll tell you something. What I'm doing now is for myself. No, you can make all the promises in the world and it doesn't matter. This isn't about you. It's about me. About finding out what I want. I want you to get out! I mean, the music's killer. Um... But okay, let's just discuss this little hiccup here. So Susan is um, aware of biology enough to know that she needs to be on birth control, yet has no faith that maybe she'd have some biological instinct on how to take care of her own child. It's like very odd to me that she I mean, there's there's baby deers out there that are being raised just fine by their by their moms who were probably abandoned at birth. I mean, we're a little on the fact that like, you know what, Roxy, she's not perfect, but she's she still was a mom to some extent. I mean, dented cans, but she got cans. The right, my thing exactly. with this is like, I want her to just be a victim. I don't want it to be like, oh, babies, oh, I didn't have your baby on purpose. I don't make it about babies. You just made well, it about babies. And then start- you've been like uh, basically robbing the, like the dude obviously wanted a baby and you said okay for 10 years and you were fucking with him the whole time. Now, I don't want to excuse this douche for having, you know, cheating on you or whatever because he's still a douche and an asshole but what the hell, lady? Like, am I supposed I to be mean- on her side? I'm telling you, the more I examine it now that I'm talking it through with a friend, like Susan has a lot of hallmarks of an abusive spouse. Like she really does. And let's just start out with real quick where we open up, which is apparently the walk in closet that's only full of his stuff. Like where does she keep her stuff? The entire closet is all of his clothing. It's all men's clothing, all men's shoes. By the way, the guy has like 20 pairs of brown shoes. They're all the exact same brown. <laughs> it's work like Homer shoes. Simpson's closet. It's like brown shoes and like Dockers. That's it. One, yeah, there's and that one terrible suede oversuit, oversized uh, like suit jacket that he wears. It's so bad in eighties. It's like so Gadzooks. Yeah, um, and then she goes into the bathroom and when she whips out the birth control and is like, you know what? How about this? And she shows them the pills. It's like, I thought she was, I thought that that was a cell phone or she was, that was some sort of taser or something. I thought maybe this is where things were going to get violent. Man, Uh, if you want to poke a pack an emotional punch, you should hide that shit in the baby carriage. Right. It's like, right. It's literally (laughs) these people go through no like struggle whatsoever to hide things from each other. You would think that these two people, I mean, it does say a lot about their marriage is that they're living in the same house, but they're living separate lives. They don't even look in each other's bathroom cabinets. um, The guy is keeping a giant photo from the jazz club with Lisa Rinna. Literally the balls, the balls, (laughs) like. 
I mean, it would be dumb if he kept it in, in the glove compartment of his car, let alone the suitcase that his wife is constantly shoving her hands in. Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, the I, there was such a real dark thing here when she goes, that was my only friend. Well, first of all, what about Betts? Betts was probably a better friend to you than Laurel was. Like this strange woman is just offering up her mom who yeah. didn't even tell you she's afraid to swim because her brother died in the ocean, which seems like, you know, I don't know. It's been long enough, Rena. Like, you can come around and say, you know, why are we just finding about the dead brother after you guys have already had a, a day of healing in the spa? Maybe that should have come up in the steam room. But I think it's very weird that she, that Susan is like, this is my best friend. And you guys are probably laughing it up behind our backs. And, it's like, and well, then they show the picture and they're literally laughing. <laughs> they're literally laughing. Um by the way, like, let's, like, give a major shout-out to Rinna's, like, jungle dress that she wore to the club. Like, I love that she's like, I'm going to go to a jazz club. I'm going to dress funky in a jungle print dress with, like, my hair all, like, just gelled up to the sky. Yeah, it's like that man. jazz. It's like, jazz does it to me. What can I say, girls? So then Rinna comes up uh, to talk to Gail because, you know, she knows that she knows that uh, Susan is now. And I love the color storytelling because Rinna's still like, little girl pink because I didn't do anything wrong. And now Gail's right. back in beige. <laughs> right. And like the big question here too is like Lisa just for me is like such a smoldering like beauty. She's so like vampy and gorgeous. And I just don't know where this woman, I don't know why she's the confident one when she's running around in literally like children's clothing. Like she looks like an off-duty nurse. Well, it's like and San then, Jose confident. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> because you're right. Like Lisa also has this interesting thing where she kind of undoes her beauty a little bit by also keeping this very like campy old school haircut that has never changed over the years. Like it really kind of well, I mean, the woman can't win. Okay, she came to the Beverly Hills reunion this year in like a kind of a longer weave, and it was like oh, shoulder yeah. length, like a bob, a curly bob, and everyone's like, "Hey, it's so ugly!" And then it's like the whole internet turns against you. It's like Jesus Christ, you know, support people when they're trying to make an effort. You know, don't just tear them down. Sorry, you're well, right. You're right. Not you're you. Right. I meant the. I meant no, the but internet. you're right. Whether whether I realized it or not, I was I was hating. Uh, I was hating the player, not the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, poor Rena. You know, but in she's, reality, she's I'm not a fan of either. Of really. Um, okay, so the two of them are fighting outside, and and I was really worried about Susan's mental health when she like just. St- Brought that car up to the front of the house. I was like, is she going to hit someone? I really didn't know where this was I going. I was literally praying to God that someone was going to get killed at this point. I was like, okay, finally Gail's murderous, okay? So now she has a perfect chance to run over Lisa Rinna. And then she doesn't. They, like, work it out. It's, like, so weird. And it's really... Well, they don't work it out. But Rinna's like, I'm sorry, but I ended it because I care more about you than him. And maybe I wouldn't have ended it with, like, some random guy if he was married. But for you, I did. Which is... The worst thing to say in this situation, you know? I know. And Susan's so low self-esteem. She's like, I understand why he'd love you. You're everything I'm not. Um, Which, like, Laurel's not really. Not really. Mm. Like, she's not really everything she's not. She's She don't even go to work. She's just like you. Both of you, like, refuse to have a job. Right. Are kind of pathetic, <laughs> make bad decisions, and uh, have no friends. So, um... Yeah, there, the, the, there's just like, this is the best because Susan gives 
probably like when I created the crying category in the um, lifetime scale, which by the way, we have some new additions this year. When I created this category, this is the cry I was thinking about. This is what I wanted. This is like some Tory spelling, bad crying to the point that like she has to make up for how cartoonish the tears are by beating the the top of her Toyota in um, before she she was really giving it and it looked even bigger because Rinna was giving nothing she was just talking in whisper voice and then when Susan is like and she's like going nuts and then she leaves she like speeds off and Rinna goes please don't go and then Rinna goes and like stares up at the sky and like Ren is like in a junior high movie where she's like oops my bad and Susan's ready to go you know like burn houses down this is where I would have said to Renna, like, you know, just say like, oh, my God, or something like take, you know, ha- have a small little something so that you don't just have to wail into the into the open air with like it, it just is odd. It's so odd and so jarring. And it's great. Like, that's exactly the kind of jarring moment I like. And if we want to talk really jarring, let's go back to the fact that they're at the pool a mere four days after Harvey died. No one mentions like, you know, they drained the water or anything. There was literally a carcass in there three days ago <laughs> well it was fresh and I, so then I gail gives like, like a would... dead harvey speech and she's like if you're hoping i can say something to change it i can't i just can't think of one good thing that that about that pervert dying but i do know that my boobs feel safer and when people leave us it's hell even when they go to heaven i'm like did this literally come from all dogs go to heaven i think i recognize i'm sitting there going like please someone say something sassy but no the class is very touched by this um and, and that's like again my hat's off to the writer of this terrible screenplay because like it's just amazing how you know when there's not when there's not something else there when there's not like the thing that you want everyone still has to play along with those directions of like you know everyone's touched so all of these adults look like fucking idiots because so they're good. having a very positive reaction <laughs> to the worst speech ever given of all time now uh, let's all do the breaststroke for Harvey and then the um, Mrs. Garrett's like you know what I don't need no stinking floaties tootie and she doesn't put her floaties on and it's like oh my god mrs garrett you know passed a milestone and i was like oh my god this is amazing and then gail gets in the water and she's like little circles like polishing chrome and i was like oh my god it's all coming together i'm loving it so i have to play this next scene because by the way i'm, I'm still never going to get over the fact that they're just like swimming in the death water um it's so dirty to me i'm just like i don't know like isn't the second someone dies, things start to happen in the body? I mean, I think CSI has us a little freaked out. I think it's like cheese, you know? If it says it's bad on the 30th, you can wait until, like, the 4th. Right. He doesn't, like, shit his pants the, like the actual second his soul leaves his body. Well, I mean, they're in a community center. Plenty of people shit their pants in that pool anyway. Yeah, you're right. This is a daily occurrence. These are senior citizens, for, for God's sake. And children. It's like both, you know? So, um, you know, we have a lot of uh, we have some things, some ends we have to tie up with Roxy and whether or not these things ever get fixed. I don't know that we'll find out, but we we should see the mother destroy or the daughter destroy her relationship with her mother right before the end of this film. Yeah, very important. So let's play this scene because really it's truly some of the best acting you'll ever see. Um, We I guess we can 
give credit to the wardrobe department here because it seems like they're starting to acknowledge a season. And Susan comes in wearing um, a, a nice fall look. She's wearing a nice red, um, which her mother never says, like, you know, that's your color. That's what you should be wearing. Instead, the mom's just like, whatever. But Susan has on a nice, um, you know, it's a very Laura Ashley floral skirt with a black patent leather belt um, with a big old buckle on it and a red turtleneck. And she looks great. I just wonder where she's getting the money to go shopping all of a sudden. Like maybe Johnny's leaving the credit card around because he knows he fucked up or maybe something. She start, maybe she opened like a baby cradle raw wood painting service or something. Absolutely. I mean, if I was her, I'd at least be opening up credit cards like a diner's club membership under his name. So um, let's play this great scene from 11710 to 11934. Fascinating. Sure. Goodness. I want to talk to you. I've got company. You've always got company. You need to go. And who are you? I'm her daughter. Now get out. You never told me you had a daughter. How old are you anyway? I had her very young. Tell him, Susan. Tell him. Just see ya. Honey? Are you coming back here, Mark? You are something. You know, just blasting in here, thinking you can just interrupt my life whenever you want. It's all I've ever been, just one big interruption. I kept you, didn't I? I'm supposed to be grateful. You could have let your folks raise me. They wanted to. Or you could have adopted me out to strangers. What do you think you were, Roxy? I didn't have anyone that cared about me. A mother is supposed to care. You know what? I am listening to all this stuff, and it's like you and I had different lives. You never made me important. I never mattered to you. Growing up was all about taking care of Roxy. I was a kid, and I was too young to be saddled down with you! Roxy! I was the kid. You were supposed to be the mother, Roxy! No, I don't have to listen to this. You can't hurt me anymore. You know the funny thing? I never wanted to be like you, but I was. I wrapped my whole life around a man, but I am done with that. I have no idea what you're talking about. I grew up being grateful just to get somebody. Because I believe that if my own mother didn't think that I was worth saving, then I must not be worth much. But I am, Roxy. I am. Well, beggars can't be choosers. You should know. Goodbye, Roxy. Okay, so audience, if if there's one moment that you should go back and look at this movie for, it has to be this woman's face as she's getting left by her daughter. Oh my the, god. She, she just stares into space with her mouth quivering in every which way direction. Um it's 
I, like she has one of those things where she looks like she mashed all the emojis on the keyboard at once. Like her face <laughs> well, is she just keeps so changing them. She's like, now my face is this. Now my face is this. Was she right? Was I right? Tin spaghetti. We did it together. And then she just stares off and they just keep rolling the camera. So she, they just, never cut. Yeah, she just grabs a clump of her hair and goes. <gasps> the actress is dying for someone to yell cut. Anyone yell cut. Maybe a PA, someone over in crafty. Just yell cut. This woman is dying for someone to yell cut. But no, 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 no. They're going to linger for 12 more seconds. Now, like, can we talk about some of the stuff in the house that I missed the first time around? <laughs> yeah. What okay. was in there? So there's like some sort of statue that I recognize to be from like Hindu culture or whatever. It seems like a like a Ganesh sort of thing that's like sitting on the table behind them, which um, also holds a framed picture next to an urn. And I'm like, whose ashes are those? To whom do those ashes belong? It's so weird because Roxy doesn't seem like the type of someone that you would leave ashes to. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. She never knew her dad. Maybe he really died. Maybe we got like a whole storyline cut out. I think I think it's Roxy's parents, which is like dark to think that she was an only child. I would like to think that maybe the ashes went to Roxy's brother or someone slightly more responsible than her. But this is where this is the Roxy that, you know, besides the pork chop blowjob, this is I needed to see more irresponsibility from Roxy. And I love that Roxy, first of all, has lied to this man that's in her house about her age or whatever her entire life. It seems to be a deal breaker for this guy to learn that she has a child. So I'm like, well, you know, yeah, huge shocker she's like 70 yeah like susan married her mom so like she really like johnny's just as much of a pathological liar as roxy is um and then roxy's drinking some sort of brown liquor out of like a highball glass during the day She's chain smoking in the house with this used car salesman type sleazy dude. Um, he looks more like someone who doesn't even have a job. That looks like someone who like sells things that fell off the back of a truck. Um, and and Susan looks so pulled together. It's hard to believe that this is this woman's even. I'm like, you know what, Susan, you managed to pull yourself together in this nice outfit. You're not drunk during the day. Maybe you're not as much like your mom as you thought. You know, you're doing okay. Stop being so tough on yourself. No kidding. And also stop being so tough on your mom. I mean, maybe she's like doing some rando in the middle of the day, but she's still wearing contempo casual. I mean, the woman could go to an office meeting any second. Yeah, she has some sort of native jewelry on her wrist. The other thing, too, is that it's weird when... um, we're finally seeing some like physical interaction between the two of them. And her mother like fully pushes her out of the way. Like it's quite violent um, how she pushes her daughter. I'd be like, don't fucking touch me. Um, but then again, I think it, I think it is sort of a form of violation to block off someone from an entrance. So there you go. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, next we go to the fruit market again, the fa- the good old fashioned farmer's market, still the same bananas up. And this is where Rena is walking with a shopping bag full of different kinds of flowers and parsley. Tons yeah. and tons of parsley. So here's my question with the farmer's market. Do you think that these two see because they couldn't possibly afford a second day of bringing out the farmer's market. So you think that do you think that these two scenes were filmed during the same day? The first farmer's market scene and now this? Of course. Rena looks the same in everything. Just changed her patch Mina and Johnny just put on the turtleneck. I mean, because that is quite the range to ask Rene to play in one day. It's very impressive. She did it still the same, like that whispery, like, I'm still whispering. He's like, hi, Laurel. Ah, you look so good. And she's like, yeah, you got some sun. And he's like, the Bahamas. I went alone. 
Yeah. <sighs> on the that, divorce that will be final in the fall. So like all of a sudden now we realize, oh, it's been a calendar year. Like it's been a full fucking year. So if the divorce will be final in the fall, that lines up with, you know, this is the last time of the year we can eat out in the backyard. Yeah, he's I'm, like, oh, well, it's gravy season again, so... It's really, it's like Pretty Little Liars, where it's like the only indication that the seasons have changed is that there's sweaters now, or there's like a leaf falling. Like, meanwhile, that's the kind of luxury you get with Southern California. But like, it's, there's no, there's no way that we could tell time has passed. For all we know, Susan, like, is bitching out her mom a, a full six months after this whole fight. It's like very unclear, and there's no passage of time or like time card that says like, you know. A one year later or something, which always really helps a film out. I don't know why Lifetime won't help itself like that, because they don't steer away from it in other movies. Now, this uh, is where they really shock you in this movie, or shocked me anyway, because he's like, well, the divorce is final. She's like, good luck. And he's like, well, have a happy life. And she goes, I do my best. And I'm like, oh, whoa, they're not going to fuck? Okay, so she's not going to be, she's not going to get with him, and Susan's not going to get with him, and nobody's dead. What is going on, Lifetime? They switched the flip. They Flip the, the script on me. I was like, come on. And then she looks at him and goes, I miss her too. Like poor dead okay. Susan with her with her glasses and her her beige. Yeah, God, and miss it's her. like if one's takeaway could possibly be that Johnny misses her, um, like it wouldn't be at a farmer's market that he's chased her down at. Like he's still chasing this tail. Like even though he's destroyed two lives and a close friendship, apparently. Yeah, he's like, I'll he's- meet you by the banana pole. We'll always have that banana pole, Marcy. We'll so always like- have banana pole. <laughs> so she's like, I'm strong, and she like walks off with her parsley. So then it goes to the pool, and Mrs. Garrett is like, Where's my earplugs? Like, she oh, can't geez. find her float belt. Her float belt. <laughs> oh no, that's the other one. What's the other? Oh, Annette. Annette can't find her float belt. Um. So then Sue. Susan goes, all champions have stage fright. Um, like, she would know. Um, no, Mrs. And- Garrett is like, um, I'm the star of Facts of Life, long-running sitcom. Thanks, dear. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who uh, married off and skipped the Olympics for no fucking reason. Yeah, um, I did my Olympics. This is me sitting on the couch after I'm done working, Judy. So then, this is like a big movie wrap-up, because Gail's like, oh my god, look what I have in my purse after all this time. That lipstick that Rena picked out at the Courtyard Marriott. And then she's I, like, do I, I have the strength to so use ladies this? Ladies at home, I recognize that to be a Bobby Brown lipstick tube. That is very clearly Bobby Brown lipstick. But just, you know, it's nice. It's like 18 bucks. Yeah, that's a good friend. Good friends. Uh, uh, so Gail's like, uh, so Gail's like, I'm going to use this lipstick because I'm independent. And so right. uh, uh, Mrs. Garrett's like, that looks great on you, that color. Oh, I found my earplugs. So then we cut to the pool and these old people are doing like basically they're doing a pretty like intense round of laps, which I got to say, I'm kind of surprised that they have a bunch of like octogenarians doing laps in a pool like that, like in competition. I just feel like this is asking for another Harvey incident. <laughs> like they, Mrs. Garrett, you sent me a gif of her, like kind of like struggling in the pool. She couldn't look more uncomfortable. <laughs> and also the last thing they do is have everyone sitting at the end of the lane. Like, so you can't even tap in. It's insane. Well, um, they can actually swim laps now because Harvey's boner is not in the middle of it trying to grab boobs. 
Exactly. Exactly. They, that's so. That's so right. This is their first opportunity to swim across the pool without brushing against Harvey's boner. Um, so our girl wins. Uh, she wins in the floral bathing cap. Um, and then we find out Johnny stopped by the pool to see this match. Um, and he walks up to her and he's like, he's you like "Well, I just got shop. dumped at the farmer's market again. I guess I'll try her." He's the most pathetic fucking man ever. It's like I just I- got rejected by Rena today. I guess I'll go see Susan. The moment where they were like, ugh, men, and the, like, no, this is men. This right here, this sort of like, ugh, well, my back burner hookup kind of like, you know, that, that got turned down, so I got to go back to. It does it the whole is- movie. It's so gross. This guy is so disgusting. Kill him. It's very Pete uh, Davidson, Ariana Grande. Do you know what I'm saying? Tells. So he's like, yeah, you're doing a great job, which I would be like, I don't fucking need you to tell me I'm doing a good job. Okay. You left me with nothing. I have no friends. I just divorced my mom. Like, I don't need you to come here and say that. Um, But she says she's finishing up her last year in school. um, And then she's going for her master's in sports psychology. How she's affording all of this on a local swim instructor's salary, I do not know. But God bless. Well, it paid off letting Harvey grab your rack every once in a while. Yeah, maybe she inherited a bunch of money from Harry. Yeah, or some Harvey money. Harvey, Harvey, sorry. Um, Harry back, Harvey is his name. Got it. Um, <laughs> so she's like, I don't think we can be friends. But they kiss anyway and say goodbye. Um, and then uh, we find out Stella, which I love this. We see another bit of diversity. Stella has a black boyfriend. Oh, I didn't notice. Did you but- notice that? She's like kind of like she she's like making out like a guy's congratulating her. It's clearly her lover. Oh, yeah. Um, And I'm like, I love this for them. Like, I love first of all, I love Lifetime. Anytime they try to shove diversity into anything. <laughs> but secondly, it's so glaring. You can't help but notice. Like, it almost makes me be like, am I the racist one? And then you're like, <laughs> oh, no, I've been watching a movie that's set in Southern California where there's literally no fucking diversity where it's like that's all we have here I, i'm like in my back in japan where like i haven't seen one person that's a different race than me in 20 days so weird well, i think oh. that this just goes to show you that when you put enough effort towards having cute swim caps and headbands you will always find love wherever you are you go stella mrs garrett stella brought her personal style i mean that is actually kind of the lesson of this movie is that personal style will open doors everywhere yes i mean look at susan she's like look at me i can be pretty and still have perfect vision without a man or a friend it's like there you go i have nothing and i still look good (laughs) so let's play our final clip of the night it's 12503 to 126.59 why are you here susan if you want me to go i will but just listen to me i've had a lot of time to think and i've been thinking about friendship Please, it's only going to take a minute. I've been thinking. Maybe the deepest part of who we are is not all the good stuff, but the things that scare us and break our hearts. That's why we don't want to show anybody. But when we do, those are the people that we never want to lose. You're the only friend like that I've ever had. I miss that. I miss you. Is there any way to get us back? How can we pretend that nothing happened? We can't. 
All we can do is be there for each other when it starts to hurt. I'll try if you will. Stood up to Roxy. Good. It's hard, huh? Yeah. Still haven't gone in the ocean. It's kind of like riding a bicycle. Or a horse. I don't ride horses. <laughs> You'd be amazed at what I don't do anymore. Maybe next summer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'd be amazed at what I don't do anymore. Could you name one thing? I mean, <laughs> is it walking through the park? No, Ashmina's, it's doing like, her husband. Like that's to me. I was like, are you like joking about how you used to fuck her husband? Like, is this what? What is this like alluding? You'd be amazed at what I don't do anymore. Well, the only thing we know about you not doing anymore is her husband. <laughs> So that that coy little joke might be lost on some of the audience, sweetheart. At least Susan, who just like keeps walking along, I'd turn to her and be like, "What the fuck, bitch!" Like I just like, I was nice about- to you. Yeah, I finally was. I nice just to said you. I divorced my mom. So let's like check in on the clothing here. So Rena's literally dressed like Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Like she's wearing this lavender sweater that is gorgeous. It's just so old for her, and it couldn't be in a more childish color. It's really like. I wouldn't even wear a shirt like that to like an office during the daytime when I was trying to like play it all down or something. Um, and then our, our girl over here, Susan is cute. She's got her hair up in a French twist. No more dowdy ponytail. Okay. She takes time for her appearance. She's wearing a black, uh, a tight black thing that shows off her chest with that has a sexy little green stripe down the front of it. She looks great. She, she's really come out on top with a lot of lessons about how to do some personal grooming. <laughs> That's real winning. And guess what? Brenna wins too. Cause guess how they solve everything? Girls trip! The girls, girls trip! trip! So you see him walk to the beach and I feel totally robbed by this movie and his girl power. And I'm like, there's still a chance that Susan's going in the water and Brenna's going to turn around to buy a lipstick and Susan will drown. Like I need somebody to die. I cannot, uh, it can't just be Harvey. Okay. And then it, it's not enough. And that's it. And then it ends and nobody's dead except Harvey. Right. And like, you know what? I do love a freeze frame of two women jumping into the ocean together, holding hands like that's always going to get me. I'm never going to turn that opportunity down. But um, it's just what I love about this movie is what a non event it all is like. All we learned here is that two women who were irrationally codependent from the jump, one of whose entire job is supposed to be curbing relationships like this kind of have an overlap with the husband, which by the way, it's unclear that any of like he fucks Rena once leaves his wife. It sounds like they haven't been having sex for a long time. I mean, did he really do? I, yes, he did something wrong. It was dishonest, but it's not like he was fucking them both at the same time. Like they obviously tried to like, write out any sort of vaginal overlap uh, (laughs) so that like the two of them could remain friends at the end. But 
I mean, it's very Sonia Morgan, like her sperms can't be mixed or whatever. It's <laughs> it's very like, you know, he didn't really do anything that wrong. It wasn't like he was railing his wife and then going out looking for more pussy. Like, it's hard to say that he's a sex addict. It's more like, you know, things weren't working out with the wife that like is given up on her looks, given up on her life starting at age 18 and like keeps him locked into the house because she wants a small little world. I mean, it's basically like this man has been trying to divorce you for a long time finally found another girlfriend this other girlfriend you know he doesn't really know how to tell her like listen i'm still in a marriage it's unhappy my wife won't get the memo i mean really like nothing wrong happened here when it ultimately like when you shake it down yeah there was well, an he was a douche, like he totally cheated and then he lied to rena and like made up a name like he's so wrong but at the end like they don't kill anybody so it doesn't count you know the lesson is basically right. like well everybody's just kind of mediocre and sad and they're all still just basically kind of mediocre and sad i mean it ended at like at a beachfront Marriott courtyard, you know, courtyard Marriott. Or right. Whatever, and so. <laughs> comes out on top. Like, it's not like, you know, the only person that we don't know whether she's uh, living or dead is Roxy, um, which, you know, seems like kind of cruel now that we, you know, want, go back and realize that there's never any resolution there. Like, oh, so you're just going to abandon your mother in her elderly years. Because yeah, you fuck can- her. She was an asshole. And she, no one ever respected that lemon meringue. But the person I'm proudest of is Mrs. Garrett for that part where she was like, I don't need my floaties. Yeah. Like, that's the movie. They could have just ended there. That that's the thing where it's like, okay, so are we supposed to see all these women triumphing over something? Like for all the heavy, heavy metaphors we have here, like there's really no like, oh, okay, this is I get it now. Okay, so she's no, there's no clear there's no clear uh depiction of everyone's lessons learned. Um all I know is that Susan's racking up student debt and Rena still doesn't have to work, and that they're both like going to Susan's work and assaulting her there. Like the the husband, the ex-husband that she's divorcing, showing up to the pool and Rena. It's like she's working here, you guys. Like, don't do this to her at her place of work. This makes no sense. Um, and then you don't take someone back right after she apologizes to you after a full year and you are you're getting a divorce and everything. You don't say to that person, you know what? Let's go on vacation. And it's even less likely that the person would say yes. I would love for Susan to say, you know what, Rena? I've made my own friends in the last year and I'm okay. But yeah, thank but you. of course she didn't. No, you got to be friends. You got to you got to get Rena back in the ocean. You know, and by the way, with Susan, it's like we've done a good job. You've done a really good job of turning me on Susan. She's a fucking martyr. That's not interesting <laughs> to me. Well, it's like you know, I just want somebody to be a hero, and I guess Susan is like. You know, I, she can kind of see sometimes and like she comes her hair now and like puts on like cute clothes. And I guess, totally. that, you know, now she's going back to school. I don't know really what sports I call it. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what to think. It's just like no one comes out on the top. They all come out kind of in the middle, which is great, you know, but I see those people at the bus stop every day. I'm very busy. Thanks for wasting well, my know- time. I mean, this movie is about about a bunch of like unlikable messes for sure. I will say that like it did occur to me when Susan was holding Rena's hands in the pool and like kind of helping her dip her face into the water slowly. It did occur to me that if anyone was the psychologist in this situation, it was Susan. And I think that's exactly what sports psychology is. It's kind of like working with athletes. As they're dealing with stuff in terms of helping some pathetic woman uh, learn how to swim in the pool. Not so much. Not so sure about that. <laughs> um, I just got a text message from you. What's this? Oh, that's um, the notes on the. 
<laughs> That's the time codes. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, and you wrote Dress Barn. How did you get a scan of this so quickly? Oh, I didn't scan it. I'm, I'm drawing on my little iPad. Oh, my God. Look at you, future boy. You drew a shark. You drew I mean, a picture. I'm drawing with something shaped like a pencil. Like, it's like a notebook, but it's a computer. Whoa! Whoa. And also, you, you drew a little picture of a dog with a tail and wrote dogfish under it. I love that. <laughs> I haven't learned to make Bueller's body yet. Honestly, I might... I might have this framed. It's really nice. I mean, I write down the time codes on my at my own house. I didn't realize that this is what you were doing, but this is. I mean, I'm really impressed. There's a lot of cute stuff here. Maybe we should. Can we post this on the? Uh, sure. On the- oh, sure. I mean, that is some high art. Okay. This is some. This is some nice shit. I really like this. I like this a lot. So. um yeah, this is the end of our movie. And of course, like the titles come up and it's that classic, just like yellow, like 90s font that they had at the end of uh, Murder, She Wrote. I remember very clearly. Um, it's it's well, a very... Well, at least someone uh, died in that show every episode. You guys should have learned right. something else besides their fonts. Damn it. I know. it's it's For a Lifetime movie, I'm really unclear on what we're supposed to take away here. I guess we're learning that the ultimate lesson in life is that friends are friends are what matters. I guess. I mean, you know, Friendship, no, here's yeah. what we learned. Getting your colors done is abusive, so don't uh-huh. do that to any parents. And also, whenever you're in doubt, girls trip! Girls, girls trip! And it's like, I hope we're not footing the bill for this, because it's like... <laughs> Susan doesn't seem to have a lot of money to be throwing into these <laughs> shopping sprees and hotels. And well, I mean, I don't ever I, goes to work and she, that's not a salaried position. So I don't know right. who's paying. I wonder if Rita's making like a smooth 30 K every time she does one of these faux motivational speeches that mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And obviously Roxy, I I'm wondering too, what, what the fuck does Roxy do for a living? Like she's sitting around the house getting shit faced. I know that Roxy herself is a color consultant, but I'm not aware of the fact that it's such a high paying job that you can just sit around fucking dudes all day, drinking brown liquor, like making mailbox money, like Shep Rose over there. Like you uh, have to work, Roxy. I feel like uh, Roxy went to work because she kept her apartment for all those years, and that is by a pool. The apartment, remember? Yeah, so it's I feel lovely, like it's she's probably retired. You know, like if Roxy, if we saw Roxy through anyone else's lens, Roxy probably would have been fine. You're right. You're right. I, it's just hard for me to think about someone retiring on a color consultant salary, but that's just me. Oh, uh, yes, before the world changed, it was two thousand. So. It, you're right. It is. It's a, we have to remember that. At all turns, this is a pre-9-11 movie, okay? Small things like your husband having sex with someone one time after he's been telling you he wants to divorce you for two years. These are the things that mattered before 9-11. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, you're just worried about having your passport on you and keeping your liquids in a small bag. <laughs> um, but under three ounces. Um, but... I've really opened up the Lifetime movie scale this year because I feel like, you know, there's some things that we 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 need to cover that we weren't covering in previous seasons. And that's my bad. Um, so we added a lot more new things. But I want to remind you the way that this works is that, like, let's say your favorite movie of all time is is a one. Okay. And then the most lifetimey movie possible is a five. So the higher the score this gets, the more it is like a true lifetime movie. And this is a, an interesting exception because for something that's missing a lot of the important parts of a lifetime movie, this couldn't be any more low budget 
poorly acted and and I have to say they have some good actors in this movie, but they're just working with a super shitty script. Um, it probably couldn't be. Um, there's so much hanging things there that just needed an extra word or maybe less words or something. But like at every turn, I don't think this script could have betrayed the actors and the director more. It's just and the audience. I mean, most of all us at home who are wondering what the fuck is going on half the time mm. and waiting for a big murder we never got. No murder, no death. Gotta have it. So what's the first one? Acting. Acting. Well, I wouldn't give this the highest score, but I really did love, like, this, the, uh, oh, this is my birth control pills. Like, when she went crazy right. in the closet. And so, Johnny carries this heavily as well as Roxy. They definitely carry this category heavily. I mean, for me, this is like a three, five, or a four. Yeah, I'll go with you because I got to give credit to Johnny for adding, like, really bad dance moves into his acting. Okay, let's put uh, let's put this at a four, and then believability of the world and characters. Um, for this movie, I mean, the characters are all pretty fucking unbelievable to me, and that like we never see them at work or anything like that. The world itself, I mean, it's pre nine eleven. Um, for me, this is like a a three. Um. So wait, one's the best, and five is the worst. Yeah, five is the most lifetimey. I'm going to say it's pretty lifetime. I'm going to say a five because lifetime is very good with like their strip mall. It's like they call it San Jose, but it could be anywhere that white people live. Right. And I feel like this was basically food court. It was like a food court that they just dressed to be different situations, which I feel is very lifetime, you know, so I'm going to give that the highest score. Okay, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It's a five. You're right. They they ran out of sets real quick, like to the extent that they just threw Rena in a park at one point. I feel like they um, literally just built things around the same pool. Yep. I agree with you on that. That you could tell they used the same hotel for like two days. They rented it up for two days. They used the same rec center. I mean, this is probably a week and a half shoot. Maybe. <laughs> Which means that these people are working overtime. Um, creative use of words to avoid censorship. That more applies to like when someone's like freaking or like they're, you know, we saw a lot of that in this like. Uh, good. They, I mean, there weren't curse words, but like the mother, especially Roxy, she'd be like, you are a something. Or there was yeah. one where she was like, oh, uh, there was like a lot of like, gosh, there yeah. was a lot of that in here. For me, this was like a three because there was no like standout like, you know, holy begonias. Like there wasn't anything like that, which I always that's for me. That's the real shit. There so was no like this, I flicked your husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a three for me. It's like, you know, kind no, of I'll go, I'll go with your mediocre dialogue, dude. This for me is like this is this is a five for me. Yeah, this is very lifetime. I mean, the whole, you know how every movie, they start out with something and then they end with that same line to like wrap it up. This one was, well, you're going to get back on the horse or a bike. Like, right. It's like, like riding a bike. That was their big, I mean, that is very lifetime. I give that a five. Yeah, like what a unique metaphor. Water, bikes, horses. Like it's real it, these are pictures painted by a second grader. Yeah. Um wardrobe. I'm gonna like say that this actually 
has better wardrobe than I would think for a movie of this caliber. Like the pieces that they had that looked nice, looked really nice. Um, and it was, yes, it was very like brown box. Like where did this come from sort of stuff, but like nothing was like, Oh my God, that's like shockingly. That's, I would say like the closest we got to really we're talking like really, uh, was maybe the, the outfit that she wore in the garage where he's like, you did this for me. And she's like dressed like a second grade teacher. So well, also his, I mean that hideous, like oh, faux yeah. suede oversized jacket. I mean, he was pretty hideous and his dad acid washed jeans, but and, I mean, it was yeah. pretty lifetimey. And Rena's dress in the jazz club, as well as um, the dress in the initial dancing scene were both so, um, 90s slut that it was like but like lifetime version of a 90s slut there was nothing really racy about it you're right i i think this wardrobe's like a three five okay yeah okay 3.5 um and then we have uh hair and makeup well i mean they did actually have lipstick as a plot device which was impressive. And right. then they did, they used Susan's entire personality was glasses or lack of glasses. And then like whether or not she blew dry her hair straight. Yes. And then the husband had that just glued to his skull hair. Roxy's yes. hair was a fucking mess. I mean, the hair and makeup in this movie was probably one of the most interesting parts of it. And I think it's like a four. Yeah. Uh, I, I say we give it a high score because it was pretty offensive. Uh, I mean, the uh, hair acted a lot like the, you're right. Roxy's hair acted a lot. It was tussled. Yeah. Um, and then we have music, which I, I, and a lot of these scenes for me, I wanted to linger on the clip a little bit just because the music was so, it's, it is quintessential lifetime movie music. You would never hear this in anything but a made for TV movie from the early 2000s. And also, it like really said a lot about the film because it wasn't like killer music. Like they would have tense music, they would be like, dun, dun, dun. It would like resolve yeah. into a major chord, which is like the happy chord. And that's what kind of pissed me off about the movie is that it resolved happily. So I'm going to say the music was very, very good. Uh, like very lifetimey. Yeah, or very, very lifetimey. I'm giving it a five. It was a five for me. Yeah. Um, and then for crying, I mean, this is for me, this is what I imagined when I was making this crying thing. Like this is, su- it was such a lifetime breakdown. And then the mom trying to cry as well. This is a five across the board for me for crying. Yes. Cause no one could quite do it. I mean, Rena can always cry, but like once you've seen Rena days of our lives cry, I, it's very difficult for me to buy all this, but I love that she still made an effort to cry. And pretty much everybody, I think in this show, except the moms, you know, and Mrs. Garrett didn't try to cry. Right. Right. And it's like, it's not even just that, like, she gave it a shot. Like, she gave the crying a shot. The problem was, is that there wasn't the right either, like, um, action for her character or maybe a piece of dialogue or something she could have said. So she had something to hold on to while she was crying. Instead, we just get these women kind of staring off into space, like, trying to cry with nothing to do or say. Um, so this was a total five for me. Um, victimization of the female character. Um, they were trying, but they didn't really stack it here the way that they, the way that I would want them to. Like, usually it's like, okay, you got an STD and then you find out your husband's cheating on you. And then you find out he's cheating on you with his mom. And then you find out your mom is not actually your mom. Like they didn't really do a good job with that here. For me, this is like a two or something. It's not very high. I didn't feel, feel particularly bad for any of the women in this. 
this. Um, yeah, I didn't feel bad for any of the women because they both fell for that guy. And he's just like a plain douchebag. There's nothing good about him. He's just a phony baloney. So it's hard for me to like side with my friends when they're fighting for nothing. You know what I mean? Right. And like, well, I'll give it a two as opposed to a one because like, you know, the thought was there that we're supposed to, you know, be rooting for these two girls to be friends. But like, it, it's just, they never really, they never really got off the ground. Yeah. Um, okay. This is a big one and one I'm really glad I added. Which which is a failure and or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion, which is this, that's this entire movie is like, it could be its um, tagline. Just like when two women don't bother to think about anything, the other one says <laughs> like, this is the most, this is the most failure to put together a logical conclusion. No asking of the right questions. Well, especially like, Rena, because Rena is like, the guy never gives you his phone number. He won't, like, he's so shifty about being in town, not in town. Like, she was a dodo bird. The other one didn't even have to, Susan didn't have to figure anything out. The man was literally like, I'm leaving you. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to get out of here. I'm cheating on you. <laughs> like, he right. did everything, and she's still like, duh. And when Rena is like a complete trauma victim, like literally having PTSD in the pool, like n not once does and you know, props to Susan for not wanting to insert herself. But maybe at one point you want to say like, so what happened with water? Like what? What was the real thing? Like the vague, I knew someone who drowned once. Um, well, did you drown them? I would want more information. For me, this was like an absolute slam dunk, full five failure to jump to the logical conclusion. Yes, there was no logic in here dropped plot lines um this could have been worse but it was still pretty bad well no one ate the meringue so i'll tell you that much no one ate the meringue there was another thing up front with like we never saw rena's mom again we never really followed through on that um we don't know who has relationships with whom at this point um we i mean the bahamas got wrapped up very loosely um at the farmer's market at the end but like we don't know. Is Johnny like, where is he fucking himself somewhere? I have no idea. So for, for me, this was like a, I mean, a three or a four. Bets? Bet, what happened to Bets? Yeah, I'm giving this a four. Do you agree? Yeah. And then Font was really bad. Yeah, uh, Font is a full on five, I think. Yeah, Font is a five. I mean, Ronnie, this is like... This might be our highest ranked movie of all time. Let me put to do some quick math, which, by the way, I agree with. Like, this was, I, you know, sometimes I, I like to hesitate, like, we're saving it for something special. Um, but I don't, I can't imagine that we would ever watch something more lifetimey than this. Yeah, this was pretty special. And I like that they flipped the script and they're like, it's really about girl power and just girls like learning to get beyond the man. But it still was girls at the end just kind of like, uh, supporting each other through the man even though they i don't know i don't know how to feel about it i'm super pissed nobody died but in a way i'm glad that they broke the trend back in 2000 yeah ronnie this is a uh this is a 50.5 which oh my god I'm it's like my high school average I mean, honestly, same. And uh, honestly, probably Roxy's as well. Um, but I'm really, I'm really glad we did this. And I will say, like, this is no extra advertising for the Lifetime Movie Club. But what I do like about the Lifetime Movie Club is like they do not hesitate from putting their 
absolute shittiest movies in there. Like, do not care. <laughs> like, they're like, you know what? If you like this enough to belong to a club, then you deserve what we give you. And to that, that doesn't mean as as like the biggest Lifetime movie fan out there. I will say that that doesn't necessarily stop me from really loving uh really loving a movie if anything i get more attached oh, in yeah, some yeah. ways love you uh, lifetime i want to look at the the scale really quickly i know we have it somewhere in our on our website i mean at this point ronnie not only does this beat our number one movie of all time it beats it by a whopping like 12 points oh, uh, wow. our last movie our last big winner was 38.5 for liz and dick wow yeah i'm which proud of all of us okay yeah yeah i'm i'm very proud of us i mean season two went one uh suburban madness which an update for our audience um the the woman who killed her husband in suburban madness the real life woman has just been let out of jail like jody arias should be oh my god don't let yeah. jody arias out of jail she should just be put into a rehab or something. No, something. some things do not need to be rehabbed, okay? That needs to go to the recovering. junkyard. No, she, you don't recover from that. I know. <laughs> no. Some there's things there are no two, recovery for, okay? A, I know. There's at least two uh, reviews in the Lifetime or in our Apple podcast review section. Would you guys please go review our show? Um, make sure to have a sense of humor about it. There's at least two people that are like, for shame. One. Like, only one for you. You said Travis Alexander deserved this. <laughs> we were saying that because of his hair. You actually did a good job of shutting me the fuck down. Because you know me, I go ham. I'm like, she, he's just as bad as she is. Um, you guys, the joke's on me. I hope you know that. The joke of this entire podcast is on me. A person who shows up to this podcast every week having just seen the best movie she's ever seen in her life. Um, so please know that when I say Jodi Arias should be freed, it really means that I should probably be her cellmate. Uh, Ronnie, thank you so much for coming and doing this show. Do you want to maybe do another one towards the end of the season? I love to have you as a two-time. Always in, baby. Okay. I love you so much, people. Love you, babe. Are you if you love Lisa Renna and you love Ronnie, then you will love his podcast. Watch what crappens. Every one of you is probably being like, yeah, Molly, we know Ronnie. You can also find you at Ronnie Karam on Instagram and um, and Twitter, right? And Twitter. And then I also do a podcast called Rose Pricks. It makes fun of the bachelor and the ba- currently the bachelorette. It's confined. Yeah. How's, uh, how's that going so far? Oh, my God. It's so fun and ridiculous. So where we are in our recording schedule, I know last night was the Richard Marks episode. <sighs> oh, my God. I thought it was David Cassidy. And then I was like, isn't he dead? And then I was like, oh, my God. When did men get like such wigs? Oh, such a wig. I know. And by the way, like I didn't I, I haven't watched it all this season, but I did see like the still picture that the actual like Bachelor ABC account posted. Who the fuck is styling Becca? Like, I understand that they went a little too. They went a little too the same with Caitlyn and JoJo with the oversized cream-colored sweaters. Like, they were basically the same person. I don't really know what Rachel wore, but why does Becca look like she's just, like, on an off night in Vegas? Like, she literally looks like she's pulling from Britney Spears' closet, who, God bless the queen, but... 
They she don't shot. really give these people a lot of choice. First of all, they cast poor people, you know, because it's just like normal people. And right. remember how it used to be like, oh, successful people. You really want to be with them because they're like a catch. Now well, the they're whole- like, well, you know, I work in a tape store or whatever. And then right. they go into the bachelorette. It, they had an expose on The Bachelor last year and some mag, I don't, I'm so terrible. Someone wrote a book about The Bachelor and Bachelorette. They stack them My in these rooms, Amy, like four. Oh yeah. Okay. You're in it. Yeah. Duh. The dating seminar where I had the best sweater in the room. That's in the book. <laughs> I went to the dating seminar because Chris Souls was um, talking that night and I was like, I don't know. I just think you could kill a man. And then literally three months later, the dude fucking killed a man. And like, say, oh, I mean, no. everyone oh, to this. If you thought I was sick before, here we go. I'm fucking gloating because I was right. Because Chris Oh, my God. Well, so in that book, they show you how hard it is. I mean, they put all these people in one bedroom with all these bunk beds, okay? And then these poor girls, it's like they sob. They have to sob for 12 hours a day, like fake sob over some loser with age spots without a good job. Like, nobody even wants Ari, you know? So then it's like, okay, and now you're going to be on TV again. Get back into it. And it's like they never really have... a Brit. It's just like they're busted, basically. They're like, okay, put this on, put this on. It's not like they're spending a ton of money on that show. They spend five dollars on the whole show, you know. Well, Ronnie, I'll tell you what's not busted, but mostly because I just have to go. You or our friendship. I love you so much. Thank I you. I love for you. Bye, everybody. I'm text you in a minute, you guys. Thanks for listening. I know that everything might sound a little bit different this episode, but we'll be back regular next week. And y'all are the best, Ronnie. Thank you again. Bye. You too. Talk later. Love ya. listening to season three of mother may i sleep with podcast our show today was made possible by our coordinating producer nicole matthew as well as our producer sammy junio much love to christina lopez for all of her help and elizabeth brozek for that killer logo we love it when new listeners find our show and the best way for that to happen is landing in the apple podcast charts you can help us out with that by making sure you're subscribed to the show and if you want leave a review and if you really want to support the show you can head to our patreon patreon Patreon.com slash M-M-I-S-W-P. For information on our ranking system, episode details, and social media, head to MotherMayIsleepWithPodcast.com. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under M-O-L-L-S, Malls. And if not there, on my couch, binging Lifetime movies. See you next time. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.